All right, well, I'm hype. I've got one of those perfect little, just the gross, slightly under your side peck sweat drop stains on my t-shirt. And I can't stop looking down at it. I just feel like the greasiest man who has ever sat down to push an audacity button and start recording a podcast. I feel disgusting. What the f*** is going on down there? But also I feel the love uh, of Transformers that was swelling today, June 22nd, 2021, the day we're recording this podcast, which is WTF at TFW, and also I'm Chris Vangelis Internet, and I'm joined by Transformers expert, Aaron Axsmith. You're obviously not like an intro expert, because none of that needed to be shared with anyone. No, Except for maybe a physician. It did. It was, um, what do you call it? You establish a, a, a commonality and a connection with the audience. It's all in the, the social media PR 101. You go like, hey, normals, I sweat too. And then people are like, damn, he sweats. He's one of us. Uh-huh. Um, I also have with us uh, here today Transformers expert TJ Omega. Hello. I can compete with the greasiest person uh, crown because I am currently trying to wolf down a meal from Five Guys. No, I okay, which not, is about seventy percent grease. This is not meant like this was not a bit, but I just had a euros that was real good, but the the wrapper around it was very thin and weedy and not very very useful. So I had a hand of grease the whole time. I couldn't do anything with my left hand. I couldn't put the Euros down, because if I did, I'd have to go wash my hand anyway, because all the... the you know, cause Euros has wet stuff in it, and I got all that wet stuff all over my hand. Um, it tasted good. Uh, that Euros had French fries in it, too. It was a first for me. Um, but it was pretty good. So I, I'm not saying mine was greasier, but I'm saying I'm a contender for uh, for having the tasty, the tasty smell-good grease hand. Aaron, how's that? Huh? Every day this show drifts further and further from the grace of God. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, in fact, agree. Uh, <laughs> you know what else? You know what drifts real further and farther from the... You know what's not remotely godly? It is, in fact, an item of the devil. Fleximus Prime debuted today to celebrate the, you know, the, the, the godless holiday. <laughs> Prime Day. Uh, man, I didn't even make up this bit. This is all Aaron. Man, this is rough. Um, Flex Seal, an adhesive products brand, shared a Transformers thing. Um, nice CG, but I uh, I have to just come down on it real hard, and not just because of the the thin faced capitalism of it, but also the audio was friggin' terrible. Uh, if you all have watched that clip, go go listen to it again and listen to how. Every single P, every plosive hit, it pops the mic of whoever was recording that. They, it's like it's like they were stuffing the mic into their mouth every time they got near the letter P. It's terrible. I listened to it on my phone, and I was like, "What? What, what the hell is this?" And so I went and I went and hate listened to it on my desktop speakers to make sure I wasn't being unfair, and I wasn't. It was terrible audio, uh, machinima style uh, critique here. If someone was paid to do that audio mastering, then uh, they shouldn't have been. 
because I could have done better than that for probably half the price, but I would have charged you twice as much if you're going to pay them for that, is what I would say as a freelancer. Anyway, that's all I have to say about Fleximus Prime. I don't mean to, like, crap all over everyone having a good time with the thing that said stuff, but, um... That, that was <laughs> so like the one thing i thought about is you know normally the idea of like i hope hasbro goes after third party whatever i hope hasbro goes after flex seal flex seal Hard. isn't beloved are they like we're not like kicking uh, a community no. puppy here okay no no they're they're the ones that are like, i i think they're the ones that are like we cut this boat in half to see if we yep. can put it back together with yep. some some spray paint oh, it's stuff them or whatever. Yeah, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Flex Seal, if you're listening, screw you. Wow, that actually felt too mean. I'm sorry, Flex Seal. I won't. Not don't screw you. Uh, okay, I don't know how that sounded at all. Uh, TJ, do you have any any hot Flex Seal info <laughs> to drop here? Uh, no, I'm a Gorilla Glue man myself, so I, I cannot support this brand. Uh, Legit. It. It's just. It's so bizarre anytime anyone tries to come up with one of these. Like, well, we know it's supposed to be a transformer, but we can't come too close. So he's got this. He's got this weird, like, if if Prowl was a prime head going on, and like, it looks it looks like something that I bought at a dollar store once. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel I feel bad, like like wiping my butt all over this thing's windshield when like the the three D model is nice. You know, the I mean, whoever made it was did a nice job. Yeah, did did, ni- did nicer than whoever mixed the audio. Yeah, the the 3D model's nice. The the the, the animation's nice. The concept, if you separate the part where it's like capital B bold font brands kind of nonsense on top of Prime Day kind of nonsense, like it, it, it's fine. But yeah, also I, I'm just saying because I think there's a chance that like this was made. This was at least like animated by a fan like there's this the cg might well have been done by a fan artist that we know i'm not sure uh, and i don't i don't want to you know stink all over what they did really that maybe that's also why i'm i'm focusing on the plosives although it's not 100 percent. i'm real mad about those as a professional those are terrible uh but yeah um aaron you had something else you want to throw in there no all right uh don't cut a boat in half for the sake of taping it back together or you said spray for the sake of gluing it back together don't cut a boat in half like why How, what does it prove what is proven like oh we cut a boat in half and our glue like sticks it together like when is that going to be useful to me <laughs> but so, look we cut it we cut this boat clean in half and yet it's still sharp enough to go through a ripe tomato if if my boat got cut I, I, in half, I don't think they did that. I think the other one was also they put a screen door in the bottom of a boat and then yeah, sprayed that's the, the other screen one. That's the other one with the with the spray flex seal, and no water came through it. So you nullified what the screen door was for? Well, because there's the whole like that's as useful as a screen door on a submarine. But now it can be because if you spray it all with Flex Seal, it somehow deals with the increasing water pressure as you dive. But or, you no, made wait. the screen door. Worse! You robbed it of the one thing it's supposed to do that makes it useless just differently. I'm getting carried away. We should get it's, to... It's, it's still a door. It's still a door. <laughs> Don't take that away from it. The only reason the screen door exists is so that it can be closed but nice wind can come through. And they're like, don't worry. We can take that away from it for no reason. To put it on mm-hmm. a boat. <laughs> like, Thanks. Uh, anyway, we yeah, we should get to more serious topics. Like, um... Ah, oh, crap.
Okay, so uh, <laughs> loot crate. <laughs> That's the topic. That's the topic. No, good um, segue. Loot, loot crate DX July theme is rise up, and so it's featuring the Transformers and Optimus Prime, and the, and so they're like, check out this PVC stylized Optimus Prime that we got, and I am looking all over the place. They are not crediting an artist on this. So it doesn't even have that, I don't think. Anyway, it's the worst Optimus Prime statue that we've seen in a long time. Um, it's going for a stylized proportion thing, but with no goal. Um, and the stylized proportions kind of don't carry through to me either. Anyway, it looks really weird. Everyone's talked about it. You all have probably seen it. Um and it has three articulated pivot joints. So I got hyped for a sec, because I, I thought that maybe yeah. he, could, he could raise his gun. And then I look no, at the onion no. skinning, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's even happening? So the hands and the head peg into the sculpt in assembly, and thus those are three points of articulation. You can wiggle the hands left and right. He can look left and right. So you can look away from where he's point, pointing. Anyway, I want one. Um, this looks really, really lousy. It is the definition of a tchotchke. <laughs> it's an uncredited, like whoever, like if this was credited to an artist, I would start seeking what Like if it the was an was. art group and this was a style and a theme. Yeah, maybe. The, yeah. The fact that no one's credited makes me think, so did you all just look at art toys and try to committee one together? Cause that's sort it, of what, what it this feels looks like. like. Well, someone made the comparison on Twitter. Someone pointed out like this feels like like that first Dreamwave Transformers issue of Optimus, except someone tried to create it in 3D. This is what everybody thought animated was going to be. <laughs> I have I have read both those tweets. <laughs> and I still like them. Uh yeah, the Dreamwave thing is like like that's something where if that's the goal, you gotta say it. Because if you don't tell us that's the punchline, we think it's a punchline on you who made it. <laughs> I mean, they're going for that cover, then they need Prime's neck to be, like, massively stretched out for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, because, so I'm thinking, right, for aesthetics purposes, like, okay, so this is kind of weird looking. The the hands should be smaller. That would carry through the, the what I would call the rhythm of the proportions. But they're not there, because, like, this, this looks like it was just... It, without an artist saying that they are taking credit for it, somehow that devalues this a hundred more times for me. Um, but like I said, it is so lousy and so talkable. It's such a conversation piece. The, I'd love to get one. The weird thing about it is I feel like if you doubled the size of that belly piece, it'd be mostly fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, yeah. yeah. The, 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 his abs need to come up uh, quite a bit and his head too, because from the scale, it looks like he could like fully envelop his head inside of his own hand, mm -hmm. like you grabbing uh, like a mandarin orange. If that belly piece just like was stretched, like, you know, the, the stretch morph tool, if that was done to pull it forward so there was like a slope from the the bottom of the pecs to the bottom of the belly, I think it would also carry through a little bit better as far as like having a having a look. Um, the 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 real big reason I want to talk about this is to tell people, um, hey, I want it too. I know you're out there. Those of you who are like, oh, this thing's so silly. I kind of want one. You can get one. 
you don't have to pay for it because about 80% of the people who get loot crates nowadays react to it showing up at their door with, oh, crap, I forgot to cancel loot crate. So, like, there's going to be a rush of these things. And no one who gets a loot crate actually wants anything that's in it anymore most of the time. So you don't worry. When, when this thing ships um, in, in July or whatever, or August, I can't actually tell. It says this is running till the end of July. So I'm guessing it ships at early August, more like it. Go hit eBay or go hit the boards. Go hit Twitter. Just say, like, hey, did you get that loot crate with that, that funny-looking Optimus? I'll buy it off you for 10 bucks. Like... Just do that. This loot crate costs 50 US dollars. It's not worth it. Nothing in it is going to be remotely worth that. <laughs> loot crate in 2021 is a dried up homunculus with a hand rammed up its back working its mouth. There's, there's nothing there. So, you know, don't spend money on it. Um, I don't know. Do you, get, do you guys think I'm off the mark here? Or do you, does anyone want to stand up for loot crate? I'm, I don't mean to like. No. It- <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought I'd ask. Uh, I mean, let's look at the other brands in this this box, aside from Transformers. It's G.I. Joe. Hey, cool. Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. Alita Battle Angel. Oh, you still have a lot of that stuff? Because that was in the TCG box. And the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Who wants that? What does any of this have to do with Rise Up? Nothing. It's just a bunch of tchotchke nonsense, and they made a crummy statue that I want, so I'll, I'll buy it off someone for like 10 bucks in person. Um, anyway, Loot Crate, Loot Crate are also an enemy, because they, they are a vehicle by which NECA Ninja Turtle stuff is being advertised in the most disgusting way, I'll just briefly mention. Uh, they, they have a subscription service, and their second one went up with a big animated GIF advertisement on the page, talking up the aftermarket value of the first one. So they are advertising, hey, buy this to sell it again, and I think that's disgusting in the toy world, so I'm also a little bit uh, salty at Loot Crate still. Um, anyway, Anything else about Loot Crate, or shall we move on to, this time, for real, an actual good topic? Because <laughs> we... I, I'm I'm sure this is going to be a timely one. <laughs> so this was timely as far as when we knew about it. Because um, <laughs> we, we got some... Uh, thankfully, this isn't the only one. This, is, this one just had a bit I wanted to highlight. But we got some translations of some Figure King uh, interviews with Takara Tomy folks, uh, which are always a joy. Um, these were first translated to Chinese, then translated again uh, into English. Um, and, uh, this, this one's with Shogo Hasui. There's a, it's a, I believe a two-parter, but there is, there's another one with, uh, with two other designers, um, Yuya-san and, oh, I can't remember who else it was. Um, I haven't actually, I haven't checked that one out in full yet. Um, but, uh, me and Aaron were kind of, we, we'd been talking the other day about how, like, it'd be cool to see more Hasbro design stuff and, like, specifically, like, film record those interviews right after they take their hands off the toy like a year or two before it even comes out so it's like fresh on their mind and then just sit on the footage for a while so when we were looking at these interviews i was joking with aaron i was like yeah, i mean like they're talking about hoping we have fun with earthrise scorpionox so these were clearly done you know a while ago it's kind of weird that they left in that whole part then i looked up and i was like oh wait this says it's from figure king 270 from july 2020 so this was from a year ago <laughs> it just took that long for us to get a translation um so that's that's our fun little story but um the the main thing i wanted to bring up about this is uh it's a two-parter a uh they needed this figure um they wanted this to, to look bigger than Omega Supreme, but the budget was three-quarters the budget for molds of Omega Supreme. Um, 
And so uh, Earthrise Scorponok uses um, a, a good old trick that a lot of us know from third-party toys, which is if the if the figure is symmetrical, you just make one set of molds for the arms and legs and etc. that are symmetrical, and then you just produce them twice and flip them around. Um, Unicron even does this and comes with screw covers to cover that fact um, on on the front-facing parts. So uh, I thought that was kind of neat that, like, Scorponok, who I would say is by far the most satisfying Titan figure they've ever produced from my my day and a bit of handling one, um, is also, like, three-quarters the budget of the previous one, who ain't bad. This is Scorponok does not look like he's three-quarters the budget of Omega Supreme. Uh, I thought that was neat. Um, but uh, Aaron, did you get a, a look at any more of this this interview stuff? Um, I read this interview, and yeah, I I found it interesting that um, you know they they rely. It's one of those things that like I know that that they rely on the Takara Tomy side a lot more to do uh, engineering design and and such it seems and then there were specifically like yeah base it entirely on rebirth and not headmasters or anything else and then they're like yeah we started there and then we like faked everything else in haha huh? <laughs> um that was that was one thing that kind of stood out to me a little bit like uh, well i mean yeah okay there's not going to be everything covered by whatever re- i mean rebirth was what like three episodes or yeah pretty much yep. I think it was three yeah, yeah. The, that quasi season four yeah so that i think is interesting and that they that they had floated like hey how about we just make the headmaster as a deluxe which i think would have been interesting but i can definitely see where that would not sell in the u.s yeah whatsoever like oh it's a robot head okay maybe if it did like a third mode type of thing they could possibly get away with it but yeah, I can see that being a, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if, and everybody else just went, mm, no. <laughs> it's kind of, that that point is kind of nice in that those are conversations we as fans constantly have, at least briefly, of like, oh, is this even doable? And it's like, well, what if they release this part on its own? Like, that that comes up all the time, I see in, in, in just like conversations, stuff like, do the Headmasters a separate release, it's fine, well, enough of us will buy it. And then you, and then whoever says it sits there for a second and goes like, not enough. Not enough of us will buy it. Never mind. <laughs> um, TJ, did you get a, a look at any of this interview stuff? I skimmed through a bit of it, which hmm. uh, I did see the part where they had to uh, double up in some of the figures and make it symmetrical. Which I got that vibe off the figure, and I had. It's interesting to know that that was completely intentional. Yeah, I wish I'd known this when I was messing with it. That's why I was a little bummed out. It took mm-hmm. this long for these to get translated because, like, it, it, I just didn't think of it. And, I, and I'm sure if I actually owned Scorponok, it would have started to, you know, you, once you own a figure long enough, you start to notice little things about it. And I'm like, I, I might have seen something, but I, since I don't know that to necessarily be precedent, until I had Unicron, I wouldn't have thought of it as actually happening. Um, even though I'm sure it's happened in other ones, I'm just forgetting about. Um. But it is a smart way to, you know, save on some mold cost. Uh, that's, that's why I always feel bad when people dog on third-party toys even that do it, because I'm like, I'm like, that's why that third-party toy is like 30 to 50 bucks less than what it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish I'd gotten a look at some of the other ne- interview things. I know I looked at the other Hasui interview, and it, nothing really, like, leapt at me. 
Um, the, this, this Scorponok one specifically had more stuff that felt like, ooh. Um, also, I just, I just noticed the foreword. I'm guessing this foreword is from the translation. Uh, it opens with, this project was riddled with chaos. <laughs> and that also speaks a little bit, uh, in favor of the stuff I want to see from the Hasbro side of like, it's okay to not say that your stuff was perfect when it came out. And I know that the reason why you do is because, you're a big American corporation and everything you do is supposed to also be promo. But like, boy, I, I, I do love this tone a whole lot more where, you know, folks are willing to go like, Oh, this was, this was almost a disaster. This was very hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's things that kind of went, here's things we weren't able to do. Here's stuff that kind of went wrong. Um, Oh, the other interview, the, the little bit I wanted to mention from that was, um, Hasui, uh, was talking about working on studio series devastator, and some stuff we've already heard, you know, that like it was a rolling project, which also was pretty chaotic. Uh, and they were kind of just, he, you know, early Devastator figures were just leaving sockets behind for ones that would be designed a year later to hopefully use. Uh, but he mentioned that the, the idea going in of how things would merge would be like, I forgot the name of it, but it would be like a, you know, sort of like bodies folding together to form sinews from themselves kind of combination rather than like socket into hole or socket into peg uh, kind of things. Um, Do better than me, dear listener, and check out all those interviews and remember more of them (laughs) offhand. They're they're, they're good stuff. Um, I think think the impact of them is slightly lessened in that they're from almost a year ago. But still, even a year removed, there's some solid info in there. And I, I hope we can someday get this kind of candor on the Hasbro end. Uh, I, I keep pushing for it when I can. Um, we did get some solid candor from the, like, not Hasbro, but the, the, the Lorenzo de Bonaventura. And, but the, the director of the film was there too. So this, this stuff actually has, like, some grounding, uh, as far as information. Next Transformers film is out on June 24th, 2022. It's Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, there was a, a virtual press event. Uh, no photos, but they apparently showed actual stuff that we got lots of descriptions of. Um, we are, as of this recording, 367 days away from the, uh, the film coming out. Um, and, you know, you get some experts together in a room and you can still, you can still pull some gold out of this info. Um, also, my YouTube recommendations page has already just been sundered by uh, all of the um, the lar- large caps with lots of question marks. Pop culture thing does this kind of mm-hmm. uh, news videos. Um, like, I don't know, Aaron. I don't know if you if you agree with me. But, like, some Joker could just like start a YouTube stream and just like scroll through this and just literally just read all this stuff out loud and s- say nothing about it. Yeah, like they could just go like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Transformers expert." Um, anyway. Uh, it, it seems that Optimus Primal might be in this thing. Uh, it looks like they're saying there's Maximals, huh? Oh, remember Maximals? Anyway, that's the whole video. Um, but who- yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting for, for my stuff to flood up with the, the history of the Maximals that you may not have known. That's the, that's stage one. That's the stage one. And then when the movie comes out, we get the, uh, Ending explained how this ties into potentially into Beast Wars. Nonsense. Why is Air Razor being here, but no Tigatron? So important. So important. Fans outraged. Uh, anyway, I'm going to stop With, making. Of course, the, the thumbnail being the guy going. 
Yeah. Like he just like like the wall is just defecating and he just looked up right in that moment. Somehow somehow the like dark blue wall that he has in that room has summoned an anus and it's shooting feces out of the wall. It's just, and that's the it's reaction just, that it's just fold it's folding loaf and cramming both up each nostril. It's just the yeah. guy's like, kind of face yeah um but thumbnails and youtube or faces and thumbnail youtubes the only good metrics the only good thumbnails come from the counter shark is what i'm gonna say uh hey so we got (laughs) a bunch of information in here um so so uh I mean, y'all, if you're listening to this, you probably already looked at, because it's like, it's a lot of info, but also not a lot of info. And it's, it doesn't really inform, like, is this the movie going to be good? Because, you know, not, not to like. Because they've not started shooting it. Yeah, they haven't, really. they haven't. It sounds like they haven't started shooting yet. It's going to be a six week shoot in Peru and some other weeks, I guess, in Canada for, for the New York stuff. That was cute to me that they're like, Canada will be dressed up as New York. So I'm like, oh, so Vancouver and Toronto, huh? Cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's still it's it's neat to know there's stuff in here. I don't want to like go like, what's the point of speculating? It's just you know, this director has not directed a big robot movie. We don't know how that's going to translate. But uh, Optimus Prime and Bumblebee are in it. Mirage and RC are in it. Um, we got we got a faction called the Terror Cons, who include Nightbird and Scourge. Uh, we got Air Razor, Rhinox, and Optimus Primal for the Maximals, and apparently we have Reptilian Predacons who are different from the Terror Cons, who want both Max and Predacons dead or something. Uh, a five-faction movie. Um, and I'll just say it right up front, one of the last things mentioned is they're like, this is a big action movie with the deeper character story style from the Bumblebee movie, combining the two. This isn't a small budget film. This is summer blockbuster level stuff. And I'm like, that's actually the worst thing you could have possibly said as far yeah. as making me <laughs> think that this is like, because it's like you're saying all the things that could screw this up <laughs> kind of surmise yeah, together. It, 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 that part of it was like, guys, I think you took the wrong lesson from what Bumblebee did. <laughs> Five factions are in this movie. <laughs> and five factions with at least two characters each, if not more, that we don't know about. <laughs> uh, so that's a, it's a big ask, is all I'm saying. And, and I mean, I, again, I don't know the director, um, Stephen Capel Jr., super well. Um, I, I haven't seen Creed. Um, but also, I am curious how Creed informs how this film is delivered, now knowing there's this many I- robots. I have seen Creed. I have no idea how it would inform yeah. a robot action movie. Like this the 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 number of robots they're talking about like it's, it's like it's cool, but I'm like that's also a lot what you're talking about. <laughs> uh so uh it sounds like also people have spotted like alt modes, you know, being carted around for for the shooting and etc and that's always news to someone. I I just feel a little a little bad about how I don't really react to that, but um the the main thing in here I want I want to bring up to start is my main thing is like Scourge the description of Scourge uh is a trophy hunter has has like truck stuff all over him like four smoking smokestacks on his back a claw hand with electricity um according to TF Wiki possibly has a flaming goatee uh and his whole thing is when he kills when he kills transformers he rips their faction insignias off and tattoos them into his body and I was like a, that's kind of cool, but B, it's really funny how you're just describing a Michael Bay live-action Autobot, kind of, as the mm-hmm. villain for this movie. 
<laughs> which is as far as tonally that's actually i think a good thing that like okay so that is the pinnacle of evil in this movie that's good that's not the good guys i'm down with that um sounds fun um i've seen people going like i wonder if that's supposed to be like scourges we know honestly that just sounds like it's a new character um like you know there, there's there's the black convoy scourge perhaps that one could say they're pulling from to me it just sounds like it's a new character called scourge and that's great i'm fine with that Shattering. scourge is a, scourge is a great bad guy name per- perfect it's one syllable it's violent it's got good consonants and shatter and dropkick are not really hard references to anyone either and they were great villains too like i don't need mm-hmm. i don't need reference villains i was a little I, I didn't I didn't sit down on this, but like looking at three different sources talking about it, the one thing that was bugging me, and I suspect it was mostly Lorenzo de Bonaventura, was how often they kept bringing up G one the whole time, as though that's interesting in twenty twenty one. Like yeah. like hey we hey you know what remember G one? It's like yeah, you've been doing it for like five years. Yeah, I remember G one. <laughs> like that's not that's not the, the interesting thing anymore. That's just neat. That's that's aesthetics. <laughs> there was an edit here. Welcome to the mystery gap. So, Aaron, uh, did anything in this stick out to you as, like, the top thing that's on your mind after hearing all this info? I mean, there's a... It's the frustrating thing of there's a whole lot in here of they feel like they're getting really close, but missing the mark. Like, tonally? uh... Well, I mean, between, like, I know that that this is G1 some more and this like because I think it was they said that like Lorenzo was going on about like hey this movie will show how Optimus Prime becomes the leader he is in the Michael Bay movies and it's like so no so then you're saying that this like this, no, this is where he learns how to be a murdering goes, psychopath the other way like <laughs> like yeah like this is where we need to get Lorenzo and whoever else is on the it's one giant universe and not just letting Bumblebee be the clean break restart and and go from there. Like, let, let's like, be real. Lorenzo de Bonaventura's quotes don't really matter. He's the producer. I know. I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like but. he he's one producer out of like twenty that they mention. Yeah. And that also to me like doesn't seem great. Like I know that a lot of times that's just like yeah because you were around for the other ones your name gets tacked on this one too what are you gonna do yeah. but like it's always my concern of you know too many cooks in the kitchen that you know Bumblebee was just Bumblebee seems like it was just kind of like we'll just like we had this other one spooled up that we were gonna do. But the interest in the last movie died so much, we're just going to let this guy do what he wants to do since we got the contract and whatever, and we'll go from there. And it ended up being, I think, gold. Yeah. And it- I'm, I, what I'm afraid of is they're going to be like, ah, we got gold again. Let's let's get back in there and tell them how to do it right. Versus yep. that, that's like, been my fear. Like that's been my fear the whole time. Like <laughs> just get just get a a story that's good and people that understand that and just just let it go don't no we don't need you know michael bay showing up to, in person to sh- to be a producer and show the director how he'd direct all of these hey here actually i no, i'm not just going to show you how i direct these scenes i'm just going to go ahead and direct these scenes so that you can go away I, i'm sure uh, they'll leave the director to do his own thing but also i feel like like 
and, and the director may well shine in this. I don't mean to like mean this as a, disp- like, as a, dispar- a disparagement of a director. Mm-hmm. This like if you have to do a movie with five factions of CG robots in live action, that is simply complicated <laughs> to say the yeah. least. That is <laughs> like, that is a bonkers level of stuff to have around and it's i like i said it's it's my big concern is that there's just it's going to be too many cooks in a kitchen here i'm i'm trying to find the uh directed by or executive produced by Steven Spielberg, Brian Goldner, David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, Don Granger, Brian Oliver, Bradley J Fisher, Valerie Ann, produced by Lorenzo Devonaventura, Tom DeSanto, Don Murphy, Michael Bay, Mark Vakarian, Duncan Henderson. I forgot that's Don Murphy's 14, still a name. They, I forgot about did him. They, did they crowdfund it? 14, that's 14 producers with three different production films. A Don Murphy, Tom DeSanto production, a Devonaventura Ventura Pictures production, a Bay Films production. Like, yeah. I know that that's the, the way of big movies now, but... I'm just I'm I'm so concerned that it's going to be so many notes passed around so many different ways and not like I'm fine with stories changes I'm fine with with characters being different in different universes and the like I think that's a good way to have storytelling where you can have like Optimus Prime is always the leader and he's always you know is is pretty noble and you can play different ways with that but then when you go like you know they mentioned mirage as, as a silver and blue porsche 911 which got somebody in the other room very upset because there's a different porsche that was yeah. could have been in a different movie but wasn't in this one what the hell and his characterization is similar to aoe crosshairs anti-authority to and put it like, kindly that's not AOE that's crosshairs not, was a scumbag. All the Autobots yeah. in the in movies four in movie four were scumbags. That that was their character trait, <laughs> right? And what was Mirage's G one character trait? Uh, rich. <laughs> he, he he was he was rich. He was kind of snooty and above everything. You know, he wanted to go hunting turbo foxes. Yeah, like. Like that doesn't scream anti-authority to me. That screams he was part of the landed, you know, the the landed gentry and b- was basically the authority. If you can go off hunting turbo foxes and can transform into multiple types of vehicles, he's always been some sort of F one racer in significant things. He's a race multi vehicles. Yeah. Well, the, like, so the, like like the, the way I'll break something down: the multi vehicle thing. A was a De Bonaventura thing, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But yeah. also, like, like TFW article mentioned this as like a editorialization, I think, and I agree with it. Yeah, like, not sure if they were talking his history and brand or actually in this movie. Yeah, and 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 like, like to be fair, right? Like, like because I'm sure someone's gonna kind of kind of catch on this a little bit. I don't think Aaron is meaning like I want G1 Mirage because it's Mirage. It's more no. They say G1 so many times. It's like yeah. you're you're okay. So you're calling that to mind. Also, I agree with you. I think we might have mentioned this when we did the B cast. I can't remember anymore. That like my fear is that they're going to see why people like that movie that they thought was supposed to die and go like, oh, we'll fix this up. And I think it's already kind of like I'm a little spooked how much producer talking about the Bumblebee movie stuff there is in here, uh, and also that Optimus is the lead character. I'm like that's not uh, what made Bumblebee good. No one wanted Optimus 
to be the lead in the Bumblebee movie after having watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not also not to like dunk on anyone. It's, you're going to get Peter Cullen in again. Cool. But you want him to be the lead again. Are you going to write him good stuff to work with? Or are you going to just have him in saying platitudes? And, but he's also the main character now. L- mm-hmm. Like what do you, and yeah. Um, and TJ, it's or, it's just, it's, I, like I said, it's more so frustrating that there are other like anti-authority style characters that you could go for that oh, are out there. It's and, movie and, mirage now, right? <laughs> but like everything that they have there as the points of what mirage is seems to be not what G One Mirage was. Yeah, and then it just seems like a thing of like who in the original eighty six cast haven't we used yet? And they were like uh, mirage and. Like, like, was he spray in eighty eighty four? Was he eighty five? We don't know. I don't know. I, what What would you do with a hovercraft anyway? That sounds lame. I, I was, and then I, I want to share like, a, a reply I did get, kind of bouncing off that, which was like, "This is a big list of trademarks they needed to renew." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, there, there, uh, there are many ways to make that seem less. I mean, gross. at the same time, we're getting a brand new Mirage soon, so. Yeah, we are getting uh, the the two pack mirage, and hey, we're getting all that Beast Wars stuff. It all oh no, it's all linked together. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot. I think a lot of the way that this kind of can come off badly is is not to keep harping on him, but Lorenzo de Bonaventura is a friggin' he's a friggin' producer ass producer. Like he, he and and someone said we're falling for it because all he wants to do is get conversation going, and I'm like. Yes, but also I don't think he's thinking that far ahead. I think he just wants to make more money off his movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, TJ, what, what's stood out to you the most out of uh, this info drop we got today? I I think what stuck out to me was, yeah, kind of going back to the same mistakes that we kind of got sick of in the in the first five movies, which you know, Aaron touched on that a lot with Mirage. Weird. Oh, it's Mirage, but it's not the classic vehicle, and it's not his personality. So. <sighs> whatever and we're doing the same thing with rc rc is back to being a motorcycle so but also g1 but also g1 <laughs> so she's gonna be like super tiny rc see it's a thing that rc in other iterations has been a motorcycle yeah and and i'm better okay with that it all is really uh, weird because it's like everything about this about this list of characters is like you have your scourges and your mirages which is like pretty much a new character and then you have your rcs and your optimus prime so it's like look it's just like g1 and you're like which one do you want me to be excited about like mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of kind of can you just do all new characters if you're gonna do some new characters like i don't want all g1 i'm happy to have some deviation it's great but like you also keep going like look at we know what g1 is and it's like you know, no one cares that you know what G one is. <laughs> Can you do good robot movies? That's that's the important thing. Uh, like like something I said on Twitter earlier that I, I do want to repeat is like one reason why these kind of list of names don't really do anything for me is that like there's a lot of Transformers media and I like a lot of it. So I don't really care who's in it. The execution is what makes it stand out. The good Transformers media isn't good because it had these character names or these alt modes. Is good mm-hmm. because it was like good Transformers media delivered well with a love for robots that turn into things and are also people in a way. Uh, yeah. That's that's what makes it work. 
So all this stuff is fine. It's like when you get to does this work, the thing that makes me go, huh, is the five faction thing. Like, that's just so much. Like, there can't be that many more characters to reveal. Otherwise, when they say, yeah, we want to have the deeper Bumblebee characterization, it's like Bumblebee, the movie, like, was pretty full with three robots in it for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what lesson are you taking from that movie then? Because you also have two human leads. There isn't enough time for all these folks. Unless the movie's going to be three and a half hours long, then we're going to be going back to that whole ride again. <laughs> like, uh, the, uh, yeah, the the producer level side of this is like real stinky and loud to me. And I hope, yeah. I hope Stephen Cappell Jr., uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, get, gets to like just shine and deliver a good movie through it. Yeah. Um, TJ, sorry, like, was there anything else specifically that you wanted to, to bring up? I didn't mean to chop in there. I don't like when they get the question of, are you getting the original voice actors back? And they get really cheeky about it. Because they can't say, oh, we can't say. It's big smile. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, don't yeah. do that. Like, so are we... Are we just going to go look up who's in what union? Well, like, is that how we're doing this? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the well, the Canadian actors are all on Canadian union, so you know you're not you're not going to see like Scott McGill's got to be Dino Bot in this one. But Gary Chalk works yeah. in Hollywood now, so. Well, if they're if they're shooting a bunch of stuff in Canada, could, could that get the crossover that they I mean, need for voicing? No, no, I don't no. think so. For voicing that, now? Okay, I wasn't sure how. Because it's still and, and Peter, it is still technically side. an American production. Yeah, and Peter Cullen uh, definitely has an opinion on on union on like respecting voice actor unionization, which is good. Um, that's not a bad thing. It, it's uh, I've, I mean we've, we've talked about that before. I think it ends up inadvertently crapping on a lot of good non union actors who don't deserve that. Uh, but also that is about the protection of the voice talent. Uh, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Also, Peter Cullen is rich, so like it's not like he's really in a position of like, yeah, poor, poor down and out Peter Cullen not getting the work. So like, there's mm-hmm. there's context that kind of you know I think screws with that message a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, TJ, go ahead. I do get I do get the impression that we're going to get the exact same thing, which is it's just going to be a bunch of random people that you wouldn't normally hear when you think of voice acting. But we got Gary Chalk to come back for Primal. I feel like it's going to be just that exact same situation. And to be fair, hmm. part of me says, like, of course, part of me says I would love to hear the original voice actors get their due in Hollywood in a big budget movie. But also, if it can only be one, I'd be kind of, like, really hyped to hear Optimus Prime and Optimus Prime will talk to each other. That's, that is that is a moment mm-hmm. decades in the making that would be a big moment as far as like yeah, hearing those voices interact, uh, be super cool, uh, and also like to, to having like all the classic voice voice actors in. Now that the cast is ballooning, like don't expect most of these characters to say more than about thirty seconds of stuff. Like there's not enough room if all these characters are, like maybe Nightbird doesn't speak. You know, like they could they could get into that whole thing of like you know some of them just won't say anything, and like that's fine if as long as they animate them characterfully. That that is a way to kind of like optimize how much, you know, if how the efficiency of how you're using the room that you've got. Um, and, and I should say, despite, like, my kind of trepidation about, like, a, an overall 
tonal thing, thing with this. It is really cool that they are doing beast stuff. A lot of these names are very cool to see hitting a big budget picture. It's cool that amidst the beast stuff, when they're dipping into G1, they're also dipping towards stuff like Nightbird. Like that, that is a nice pull. Um, that, that feels more loving than, you know, what some other stuff could be. Um, Mirage could well have just been described very poorly by a producer in this. Since we weren't there, we don't know who was saying what when, right? Mm. Um, so there, there's this is still like I think this general optimism I have about this, but it is it definitely has a lower ceiling on it than it would have if we didn't have all this talk about five factions and producers saying it's a pastiche of a small characterful movie with a summer blockbuster that is high budget because that doesn't make any sense. When you say that sentence, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we know people really like this, this, these, uh, this, these Oreos. So we put some roast chicken in them too. It's like, you know, I like roast chicken yeah. and I like Oreos. Why are you doing that? <laughs> uh, and, and also I'll, I'll restate cause I always feel like doing that cause you know, we get carried away. None of us know what this movie looks like and the way that the movie turns out effectively nullifies most of our speculation when the time comes. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun It's fun to have the talk, but, and I'll put this out to, to folks out there who are listening, you know, maybe folks who are, you know, newer, younger in the fandom who have more energy uh, for that stuff. Like, at a certain point, speculation does become circular, and if speculation becomes unpleasant for you, you should hit the eject button on it so fast, because at the end of the day, it super doesn't matter. It's, it's, uh... It's about a thing that hasn't come out yet that in in about a year will come out and you'll forget about those conversations. Um, just have fun. Also, we didn't even talk about the human actors. One of them is a researcher of artifacts who works at a museum and boss keeps stealing her thunder. Elena, played by Dominique Fishback. Uh, Anthony Ramos plays Noah, a father figure to brother. Ex-military, trying to find his way, good with electronics, trying to get by. He was a Beast Wars guy, name-dropped characters. I like that clearly that was Anthony Ramos and not Noah the character, but that those are still in the Noah description, so I've decided Noah the character was a Beast Wars guy. (laughs) So when he sees Optimus Primal, he's like, Whoa! It's Optimus Primal! (laughs) Are you voiced by Gary Chalk? (laughs) Uh... Anyway, uh, shouts out to, to folks in Peru. If you catch any of the filming of this, I hope you can sneak your way on screen. Um... That won't happen in Canada, because I've seen those sets. They lock that stuff down. <laughs> and I think I saw on Twitter that... Um, oh, I gotta look it up. Someone, one of the artists... Uh, Andrew Griffith, I believe, is in Peru now. And so he was saying, like, well, it's gonna be screwed up if, like, they're shooting in a place I live, and I've worked on the franchise so long, and I don't even get a walk-on. And I'm like, you should tag a lot of people. Because you should get a walk on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you live in Peru and you are a storied artist who worked on some like long running monthlies, you should get at least a walk on for crying out loud. Anyway, unless that all that one awkwardly long shot on somebody in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Griffith holding cover- covers he's done. <laughs> it's like flipping through the comic but staring at the camera. <laughs> Just that, just that uh, guy who's like in the background. They cut to him to react to something dumb that the hero just did. It's especially if all the stuff in Peru is supposed to be like somewhere in the distant past. If the time travel stuff is is real, but also Andrew Griffith is there <laughs> <laughs> with a comic book. Com- comic book came out in two thousand eighteen. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, the distant past of 2018. Uh, we will cover um, this movie. This year of movie news coming up. Um, it's probably going to be a, a really depressing trickle. Um, hopefully, it isn't. But we're going to cover it if it's interesting. Um, if it is just trickle stuff, like look, this alt mode. Probably not going to cover it unless like one of y'all really, really wants to bring it up because like we've we we have experience now. We we know what's movie news and we know what's big air quotes movie news. Uh, I mean, I don't th- I don't think we're going to do a whole section when we find out what Optimus Primal's alt mode is. No, no, they already saw it. It's a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it looks a lot like that that last night concept art, but with more fur and skin patched on. And it's like, all right, that, that is something I guess that is one other thing worth bringing up is it sounds like the Maximals are very techno organic, um, like very clearly robot beasts. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I saw some disappointment yeah. at that, and I was like, I get you. All of them were right. steampunk and rusty, which makes me think that, like, they've been on Earth for a while again. I, I also want to know, like, because people use it as an adjective in different ways. I'm like, what? But when you say steampunk, they, they all mean... have goggles and top hats <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, canes. Lots of ex- I'm like, do you mean... Yeah, lots of exposed gears. I'm like, do you mean the color copper? Is that what you mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that described as just like just that was someone's description of steampunk i have seen before um but yeah i'll I'll say i feel for you if you were hoping that they would be like just like purely organic beasts um i don't think that would have been inherently worse to look at because you know it depends on the vision right but um as it is i think this is fine too especially if they are doing time travel shenan type stuff maybe it's better if we don't also worry about the beasts like also blending in and having that as a whole subplot like maybe they're just they they used to off screen and they kept the alt modes. I don't know. Um, looking forward to seeing how this all turns out. And hey, that gives me some excitement for 2022. Um, I also, uh, before we move on to the next bit, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to some TCG stuff because uh, I don't I don't do that enough. But um, I, I, I want to just briefly uh, hype up. I was watching Tank Hunter. Uh, I'm going to get the number right. I was watching this Tank Hunter 48 on Twitch, has been doing some Transformers TCG streaming out of the Bayformers Discord, and I was chilling on a new stream uh, that he did, and I said, yo, I should plug this when I go to record the podcast. And then I said, I should specifically plug your June 22nd live stream that people should tune in right now. Uh, and I should berate people who weren't there on June 22nd, 2021. So, hey, why aren't you tuning in right now? Like, I know you're going to tell me, hey, you didn't edit this until three months later. Uh, is that my fault that you weren't there today, right now? No, it's your fault. Go check it out. He's, a, he's got a custom road pig uh, character he made up. Seems pretty cool. Um, anyway, that's just been on my mind because I've been I figured out how to play Transformers TCG in, in tabletop sim. I figured out how to build decks in there, uh, and uh, I got I got some good Axor stuff that I want to try out. Um, WTF at TCG is not dead. That's what I'm going to tell you. I said it when we when we did the last one, but it's still not dead. Right, Aaron. Maybe. Right, TJ? Wait, what? <laughs> you don't have to buy the cards anymore. We can totally hook you in now. You just gotta get on, on tabletop sim. <laughs> I've got two boxes of those cards sitting in my shop doing nothing, okay? I What what waves are they? What waves <laughs> and how much? Yeah. I don't, this is kind of legit. <laughs> I don't think it's wave five. It, I think it's the first two. 
damn it. Yeah, if you see, if you yeah. ever get one in that says Titan Master's Attack on it, you um, don't put that on the shelf. Just hold on to it. Um, we'll, uh, you know, not that we're, you know, <laughs> it's not that it's rare. It's not worth money or anything. But, you know, for uh, archival sake. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah but, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just get it out of my, get it out of my shelf. It's taking up so much room, yeah. you know? Um, but also, I want a PSA out there. Like, you don't have to pay for this game anymore, and it's still pretty good. Um, tabletop Sim, Octagon, it's a Tabletop Sim. I, I found out that you can just give people your decks once you've built them because they're objects in Tabletop Sim. If you're like, if you're intimidated by fan sets, if you're intimidated just by building a deck in Tabletop Sim, I, I can just give you a deck once I collect some more. Uh, or build some more. Like, we can, we can sort it out. It's still a really fun game. And now it doesn't cost money, other than, like, if you want to print cards yourself. So, heads up. Anyway, we uh, we got some listener questions. Also, TJ, I tuned into... You did a Twitch stream where you opened some Pokemon cards, and I totally snuck in while I was playing another game. Um, so that's that's been on my mind, too. Uh, you, see, you don't have to pay Pokemon money to play Transformers TCG anymore. Um, nice Charizard. <laughs> Uh, we got a listener question from Ender Trot. He says, hello, podcast crew. Uh, mentions he's been watching TJ and myself since, like, 2017, which is super cool. Um, so, uh, mm. thank, thank you for doing that. Uh, also recently got into the podcast, which is even more cool! So thank you for doing that, too. Um, got a, a pair of questions for us. First one, what fantasy alt mode, like, not a real-life car or something, would you most love to drive, pilot, captain, or etc.? Um, for Endertrot, it would be a tie between Thrilling 30 Springer's truck mode and Terminus Hexatron's version of Six Shots car mode. Just a sucker for big, beefy, armored cars that still look like they could go pretty fast. Aaron, which space helicopter would you most like to... I, I was... Uh, I... <laughs> Space. I, I, what's what space helicopters are there? Whirl. <laughs> I think that's actually about it. Uh, wor- whirls. <laughs> a- actually, whirls like original alt mode was very close to like an actual Cobra Huey. So does that count for the real world? It does. Real life cars or such. It does. Because then close. it could could be like um, uh, Skylinks. He's a space shuttle. Yeah. It's a space thing. That's a real world vehicle. <laughs> It'd have to be something like, um, was it uh, Needlenose that was the um, the two cockpit jet? That's uh, um, or am I th- no slugs um, slugslinger slugslinger slugslinger. Yeah, yeah. There's no two cockpit jets out there. There's some two cockpit look separated cockpit like propeller, but no jets. That's right. So, so you'd, you'd be down yeah. with slugslinger for that aeronautics yeah. tie-in. Just just some some. Nice fast jet, and this is a transform. Probably going to space too. That could be cool. Would you just be like, I want to? Hey, Slug Slinger, I want to drive you because I just want to know why, and I want to know if you work. <laughs> What's that other cockpit well, for? <laughs> so I mean, like there, there was the Mustang variant that was the twin Mustang, where they put basically they took two Mustangs, took the left wing off of one, took the right wing off of the other, built an interwing, and then had the all the like cables crossed through that interwing so that either pilot could fly it and it was for long duration flights. God, that actually does make sense. But Slug Slinger is literally a transformer. He doesn't even need one pilot. Yeah. I I still quite Slug Slinger Slug Slinger I think is just like greedy. Just greedy. I want more people in me. Mm-hmm. Aaron, I was gonna say if you want to have if you want to drive a space thing, you should say, you should say Revenge of the Fallen Soundwave satellite mode. <laughs> Like how do you what's how big is it even? How do you fit yeah. in there? But 
be kind of funny. Just like Cos- cosmos, because UFOs aren't real, right? At least that's, not that's until right. that report comes out. That's right. Not, in yeah. like a week or something. Yeah, they 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 just barely covered it up. So for now, Cosmos is still fictional, and uh, that also would would suit. With Cosmos, I think what I'd want to know is like, so do you have to spin, or do you just go forward? And if so, like, no, you don't have to spin. I mean, uh, later iterations of Cosmos has a tail fin. Oh yeah. So that'd be really awkward if that was sitting there spinning around. <laughs> so you get into Cosmos, and you're just like, hey, Cosmos, spin. You 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 you, you flying saucer, huh? Spin. He's like, I can't. I have a tail fin. You're like. I don't care. It's my, it's, I'm the birthday boy. <laughs> Start spinning. <laughs> Turn on only one engine, <laughs> really fast. Uh, TJ, what about you? What's a what's a fantasy alt mode you'd want to get in, get behind the whatever controls of? See, uh, you just had to make that joke because I was honestly going to say Cosmos. <laughs> And then we just crapped all over <laughs> flying saucers. Yeah, yeah <laughs> because it's a flying saucer. I'm the sorry. Other, the other answer would probably be G1 Scourge, because I want to know how that thing flies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like how at least two of us have, have had the thought pattern of, like, you don't work, so I want to see how you actually would work. Yeah. <laughs> what, phys- what, 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 like... Physic- physical laws of nature are you defying to function? With Scourge, it'd also just be like, so where do I get in? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> where, does, where, does, where does me go in here? Because Cyclonus has a spot. You must have one. Or do you hate Galvatron? Huh? Well, Galvatron's like standing in the room. I just try to instigate. Uh, Can I just turn your head and look at your eyes? What? Yeah, Scourge is just like, hey, you think the head trick's like just for jokes? No, it's the only way you're going to see anything, fool. <laughs> just, just crawl into his mouth and stand up in his head. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> that's what the goatee's for, is that's the entry ramp up into oh, the cockpit right. section. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, oh, I had one just on my mind. Now it just fell right out of my mind. Because I was going to say, like, um, like, spaceships, I think, are the real, the real, like, enticing ones uh but kind of kind of blot like what if i just had like a buddy who was shaped like blot and had like you know a seat on the back and i could just be like hey buddy let's go to the store and buddy blot buddy is just like oh yeah and then like we just just take a walk to the store and we talk along the way i'd be cool maybe i don't know if because it says fantasy alt mode and blot is just like a thing he's a lump with limbs to drive pilot captain etc yeah, so you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sit on Blot's shoulder and go like, "Let's go to the store." And Blot's easy going, like, "Sharp it's I mean, writing is technically etc. I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And if I'm the one who says, "Let's go to the store," that's like being in charge, right? And Blot's easy going. Blot's just like, as "Long as you get me some onion rings," because you know he's like a horrible like troll monster who probably like has gas and whatnot as a robot. Um, that that'd probably be one of mine. Uh, I had a better one in mind, and it flew out of my head when we were talking about Scourge. Uh, but yeah, really, really it's like I, I like Cybertronian mode, so I'd be happy with any of them. Just any anything weird looking that flies, um, that'd be fun. Uh, second question: Why do you think it took until Siege for five millimeter port combining weapons and stuff like that uh, as a play pattern uh, to truly take off? Hasbro's been trying to do it since Energon uh, mentions the Energon weapons, mentions the Omnibot. Um, Energon weapons being out separately mentions Mech Tech, the C joint system. 
Um, none of them were really 5 milli reports, uh, but they tried to accomplish the same play pattern of interchangeability and modularity. There's also Prime's arm microns. Uh, unofficial places have been trying to do that, like TFC's weapons stuff that was all 5mm. Um, MMC Feral Rex is covered in 5mm ports. BMOGs are 5mm. Um, it's worth mentioning, like, I learned this from BMOG, that, like, 5mm is actually just a really common peg size across the toy industry, too. Um, the closest thing before Siege was Iron Factory's turrets and manacles, which were kind of like Siege toys before Siege, and I agree with that. Uh, so why do you think it took until now for this play pattern to reach its full potential? Was it the weaponizers, the standardized placement of ports, both, or something else entirely? Um, I think sort of the, the examples listed partly answer this, which is all those examples are kind of the same thing as 5 mil ports, but they try mm-hmm. to be more clever than 5 mil ports and then just end up not being as fun. Like, the Energon weapons are like, look at all this stuff you can do with the Energon weapon! And it's like, to go into their fist, you know? <laughs> not Obviously not like all those toys, but, you know, stuff like, like that, Mech Tech, the, C- the C-Clips, um, the, the Prime uh, Arms Microns, they're all like, like, take 5mm and make them more clever! And then what Siege did, I think, is they just went like, like, like as was mentioned in the question, let's just put a bunch of ports on them and have a bunch of pegs that go in the ports and leave it more to the the play imagination. And I think that's what made it work myself. Um, it's also a head trip to think about like all the different not siege, but like siege play patterns that have existed for the last uh, 17 years, at least. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron, what do you think about this I, one? I, I think, I think it is probably um, like he has in his, in his final sentence there. I think that having, Specific items that are full releases that highlight that pattern in weaponizers, having standardized placements of ports also helps um, to to push that a lot further down the line. Because before, like the the like clip and rail system was like neat things that they could tack on top of it, but then they had to find a way to have this additional three two to three piece like small part of the toy that you would have to clip onto it to be around and really like you'd have to find spots for the rails that don't mess with alt mode and robot mode. And so it was a lot hard like not everything had those rails and not everything came with those those weapons Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't while it was a standard it wasn't in everything so it didn't get as much um it didn't get as much visibility or as much penetration as you know if everything that we can manage uses the five millimeter port and peg sizes then it's a whole lot easier for one to play with another all the way around um the the five millimeter hole size is great because that is like the automatic screw guns that they use for assembling those like the heads of those are just under that size so you can have places where you have to have a screw hole also conveniently be a peg hole and so i think it's a thing where they just like took this and they've just finally decided to say like let's actually do it and stick to it and not you know so many line-wide gimmicks seem interesting and wish they could get like an additional years worth of development you know but frequently it just gets turned over 
Aaron punched you know, that question at, harder than I expected. Get, hey, <laughs> hey, man, this is this is design and engineering. If there's a place that I'm going to like rip the heart out of the question and show it to you beating in front of your face, I'll tell you why. But things like you know, you look at mini cons, and in Armada there were some really cool integrations of mini cons and really cool uses of mini cons, and some eh, not so good ones. And then they just like. Kind of one or twosy things happened in in Energon, but then Energon was the the next phase of because what was it? It was then Energon was the pants shirt combiners and hidden weapons. Uh, so Energon was one faction or pants shirt combiners, one faction right. or hidden weapons, and one and a half faction on the Omnibots and Terracons are build it five mil weapons in clear plastic and yes. and a thing you clip on the insignia. Uh, on the inner, yeah, <laughs> a thing you clip on the insignia. So now all of them have to have this big raised insignia so you can have the Energon star clip on it. Yeah. And then like Cybertron comes around and has the planet keys that were basically what the mini cons were but done differently. And again, some of them were good and some of them were bad. And I constantly feel like that's the thing. Like if they, you know, take that that extra run on minicons after you've done a run of minicons, so that by the time you're at the end of it and you know, like what works, what doesn't work, how to make like the minicons a part of the main robot, or it's its own thing and it's really neat and little tiny triple changer or something, and like you have the people that now have that language that the knowledge and that design aesthetic to it and give it another pass for the next year then maybe you could come up with one that was even better and they've just not really done that until seemingly recently of like look we're just going to have all of them are going to have an accessory that has that's a five millimeter and everybody gets a handful of these holes to to use it one way or another, and we'll make some, you know, we'll make the, the weaponizers or the the build platform things that I always forget the name of, or, <laughs> or the tear apart dinosaurs and for the fossilizers and go from there. So I think it's more a matter of they've basically been iterating on the same thing for a couple of rounds now, and they've got a lot better idea of how to do it. Oh, definitely with the fossilizers. Like that, yeah. they are, they are iteration. Uh, TJ, he's he's like I don't. I think he's beating the heart now. He's just squeezing the thing. Like it, that's real yeah. messy. Kalima, it's, Kalima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went went hard. I wanted to actually because I think I trashed a little bit on some of this inadvertently. I should say in the aughts when they were trying to be too clever with some of these ideas. I think it's also because mm-hmm. in the aughts, Transformers had to try to be too clever to keep. Um, how do yeah. you put it? M- money people Relevant. excited. Yeah, had, had had to keep had to keep cash in the game because yeah. and and that's I mean that's the the flip side of some of that as well of like they didn't have the the you know all the movie money to go towards Transformers that now I think that Transformers can do a lot more than they could have before Michael Bay came around. Even if you hate the Bay movies, there's a lot of money that's come in and a lot more visibility, you know, in, and even, in the toy aisle. And even now, around like, movies for stuff that's not the movie Transformers. Like, so separated, like, the movie money is kind of gone. However, the movie, like, era created another level of, I think, just security around Transformers that it gets to, mm-hmm. it gets to mess around with, like, 
the iteration stuff more with putting G1 things in more and making that be features and stuff. But that's, yeah. now I'm starting to, to, to tread a little bit well, away it, from... Well, it's, <laughs> it's that, like, Transformers is in, more in, like, the the zeitgeist again, where it's not just, like, well, the uh, Cartoon, ne- t- <laughs> Cartoon Network's running it because they need something in that half-hour time slot. It's not the... Versus, it's not the aughts. It's, it's not, yeah. like, it's not the, dang, we're still going kind of thing. Like, now yeah. it's like, we're never stopping. Like, it's never going to stop. It's too, it's, it's too cemented. Transformers <laughs> never ended because Euro G1 barely managed to cling on for a year to get the next wave of things to come around. Like, they didn't get the memo, so... It continues. Yeah, and now it just continues because it's it's like I think it would be literally difficult for it to stop coming yeah. out. Um, yeah, TJ, Aaron, Aaron uh, he just took a bite out of the heart too. There's blood everywhere. But did you? Yeah. Is there anything left in that ca- cavity in the chest? That we- <laughs> I don't know. It's like a Mortal Kombat fatality at this point. Like it's, it's just f- just sinew and gore everywhere. Weirdly, it's uh, a five millimeter cavity. Like I can fit this beam yeah. log weapon in here. It's... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really think I really think that the whole thing took off in siege just because they started filling the toys full of holes, essentially. Yeah. Like siege, like siege was the line where it said, "Yeah, there's a ton of ports on the on the toy. Use them." It just that mm-hmm. was it. Just have at it. Because at the very because it was also the line that encouraged you to put these effect parts in from the from uh, weapon or weapon masters or battle yeah. masters and yeah yes yeah so you already had that play pattern being advertised and then you had all of these ports where they could fit all of these weapons and you know they were selling the weapons individually so yeah where else are you gonna put them it was just the thing where I think at that point like when they did like the C clip gimmicks it was just so subtle. In some ways, like all mm. these different figures had all these extra weapons that could clip on, but it was all kind of all the por- all the the hard points were kind of integrated into the figure. They, you know, it's like no, they didn't ever advertise that they were interchangeable mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, and that was really weird. Was, <laughs> yeah, 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 and it wasn't part of the actual play pattern. It was just something you could do. Here, they were already giving you this play pattern of. Start swapping these little bits around. See what little battle effects you can come up with. And while you're at it, here's a bunch of ports and here's a bunch of weapons. Yeah. And you know, I, I dog on them a little bit, but, like, the first two weaponizers, um, uh, Six Shot and, uh, and Cog, like, did break apart into generic space guns really well. And I think kind of stoked that because the I think I think like the question had had at the end, it's the standardized placement that I think did a ton, because how many times over the years beforehand would you go like, dang, I wish I could stick this on the forearm. It would look cool. You know, Mm -hmm. dang, I wish I could stick these on the back. If there was a backpack port, this would look kind of cool. And it's like, all right, everyone's got them. Uh, Also. It works with the smarter use of plastic. That's go. I say smarter. The more efficient use of plastic that that's you know gone on for years now, because uh, those five mil ports are also empty space rather than plastic space. So you know it it um, accomplishes some of the hollowing out um, production stuff in a play pattern friendly way, as opposed to just like go buy a filler kit from someone kind of way. Um. Anyway, I. I think I think that answered the question. Uh, the questions from Endertrot. Uh, thank you, by the way, Endertrot, for like checking out our stuff in like the late 2010s onwards. Uh, that's an interesting on point to me. Us- usually, it ends up being early 2010s. So late 2010s is like, hey, sweet, welcome. Don't listen to the old stuff. <laughs> 
which ties into this next question from RK Fern, um, who's, who says, I realized the other day that I've been listening to the podcast for nearly half my life now, so I thought it might be time to send in a question or two. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for that. My dentures feel loose now. Uh, and this first question bounces right off that. Um, how would you divide the podcast into eras? Not the Transformers franchise, not your personal collecting, but the podcast itself. I felt like the end of the last prime time was the end of the two podcast weekly era, and Seth leaving is the end of the two teams era. What other points would you say separated the podcast into eras? So I thought about this as like the the the, the kind of like lead person on these the whole time, um, and I have it uh, basically in my head. These are the eras. Uh, for various reasons. Era number one is launch of the podcast through to Dark of the Moon. Era number two is Dark of the Moon through to when Gog Dog stepped back. Era three is from then to when Seth stepped back. Era four is then to the pandemic. Era five is the pandemic era. Uh, those are the five eras of WTF at TFW, uh, in my head. Um, interesting thing. I don't know if everyone knows this, but, um, I still, any podcast with TJ and Aaron on the WTF.TFW2005 blog, the uh, front page thing, gets tagged even numbered. But if it's an odd numbered numerically podcast, I still tag it odd number. So things like episode 603 are tagged as both even numbered and odd numbered, uh, because that's how my brain works. Little... Just by happenstance, the even team is the one to survive. Yeah, mm -hmm. and an odd number I still like to leave open for stuff, it, but I call this the pandemic era because this is the era when the pandemic ruined my brain, and so things got all weird, but uh, we will soon someday enter a sixth era, uh, which will be cool. The The dream sixth era would be, um, there's a paid editor era, but that's never going to happen, so... So we're, we're, uh, we're still, and I don't, I don't need to be that paid editor, but like, I, I've had it asked before, would you take on someone to do editing? And I'm just like, I can't in, in good conscience, take on someone to do editing for free. Uh, I don't like the way that feels and that will burn out somebody. <laughs> so we'll, we'll figure it out. But I do like the era thing. I kind of took the lead on that one because I did most of the editing for most of this thing. So that's, that's where my brain was. Do you guys have any, ever think about eras of the podcast or is that a little bit too, uh, being I, aware of time. I don't. Um, it's a little bit of being aware of time, I think. And then also just and because, you know, for a long time it was every other week. And now it's as Chris's brain aligns with reality. And like, yeah, there's enough other stuff in between. Like, when this came up, I was saying they're thinking about like mechanically differences and like when we got away from garage band in the one hour, 38 minutes and 10 second or whatever that was like time limit. Yeah. When I, when I upgraded to garage band like 09, which got, it was a 66 uh, minute limit, I believe on yeah. garage band 08, which was the worst era of the podcast as the editor because that was ridiculous that was doing content editing on every episode of like well what can be cut out for time and like i don't ever want to do that again <laughs> not, yeah. at least not for free um because that yeah also i would say there is an era probably that one could call when we all got better microphones that was a bit of like a, a gradient era Mm -hmm. But like, I can't even remember. That's also why I don't like the old podcast. Cause I'll, if I hear any of them, I'm just like, Oh God. Right. Right. Strings and tin cans. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's no good anymore. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I, I'm actually curious if any listeners who are still listening can think of any podcast eras in their own. I want to. I'm always curious if people like divide stuff up like that themselves, um, or if my own divisions maybe make sense to anyone else. Um, but those are to me like I just specifically the Dark of the Moon thing is I feel like the first three years of the podcast had a certain energy that matured. And then uh, there was like a three-year maturation of of energy for the better, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, that's that's always like the really like specific personal one for me. And I can't like I can't even think of any specific examples. Um, it's just like I think that we 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 got more comfortable just talking, and I got more comfortable just talking and not trying to overthink how to talk. Uh, that's that's one for me. Um, Anyway, question number two. Um, RK Fern says, I used to be more optimistic about the prospect of third-party companies creating their own original characters, but it seems like this is a path proven to be financially unviable. Do you think there is still hope? What do you think it would take for an original transforming robot IP to succeed? To the that last part, good fiction. Uh, you make people care about the designs and the characters, and it will happen. Uh, which is the answer that I've heard, you know, that you always hear from folks who are, like, either in Hasbro or were in Hasbro who aren't that into the third-party stuff. And I agree with them there. Um, the, it, it's hard to get good fiction to happen, and it's also hard to get people to care about it. Uh, and I, I think perhaps trying to get good, pe- like, people to care about fiction on the back of it's a lot like Transformers is actually harder than if it were more divorced from Transformers, the brand in, in aesthetic or, or inspiration or etc. Uh, I think there is still hope because of, like, just recently, Ocular Max Eris, which I'll talk about a bit later. I think that that is a huge sign of hope. But um, Aaron and TJ, I know you, you guys aren't as, uh, like, knees-deep in third-party stuff. So I guess more specifically, like, how do you feel about, like, getting a, like, an original Transforming Robot IP to succeed? Um, I guess, like TJ, one could argue like the the path stuff like Gridman has taken is like treading close to like getting a good super robot show kind of going. From what I've seen of that thing, kind of. I, I think the closest thing you got right now to uh, what is being assumed here is Beast Box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, but, that was going to be what I mentioned. Yeah, because you you take a unique. It's not just about it's a transforming little robot thing, but you take a unique concept. Oh, they they are all the same two by two square or cube, and this Mm -hmm. is you know, and they all trans you know, so they all have that like. There's an odd satisfaction, at least for me, at least when you can get multiple things out of the same shape. So there's something neat about seeing all these like similar cubes that all make different things. And good art, good art design too on those things, like on the the end mode, the robot modes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and they've been doing some ridiculous things lately. Like compared to like the early, early like Raptors and Gorillas they were doing, like some of the, some of the stuff. Like they did, a, they're doing a they did a Mantis, they're doing a Beetle, and it looks just absolute insanity. I don't know how it makes a cube, and that's <laughs> that's cool. You know, you're doing a cool thing that's different from what Transformers is doing. That would that would be my answer, which was fiction is important, but also doing something that feels like a transformer but is doing something that is inherently not what a transformer does beast box with good fiction i think would explode in a good way for beast mm-hmm. box that would like if beast box had something that connected with young uh, kids and also was just fun enough to connect with adults that would i think like close the last gap on like why am i buying things that turn into boxes uh other than like I, my brain just likes it um 
I should also say, when I say Gridman, I know Gridman was an existing property, but those cartoons are so super robot. They're almost like they're almost like a show that's sort of about Gridman, but isn't. But is. Uh, anyway, just to before someone tells me that there is a live action Gridman, like I know. <laughs> well, my point wasn't very good. Um, Aaron, like you're you're down with the Beast Box thing too, so I guess you're you're right there with DJ. Yeah, I I think that. You know, Beast Box with a like a fiction behind it could could be something that tips it a little bit more over. I don't I don't think that there is a good chance of there being another transforming vehicles or transforming things to to robots type of line come out of out of anything for a while because hey, it's all about you know recurring what happened 20 years ago frequently in fiction like i don't know maybe like mask mask could maybe come back that's that's a transforming thing to a different thing kind of sort of maybe if they turn into robots that's 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 like copying an earlier thing and maybe maybe it's got a better integration of the human and then it's like power suit thing or something i don't know like I'm sure that theoretically out there, like, I know that theoretically out there, there's some fiction that could become another big thing, like Transformers. As far as toyetic things go, it's because I, I think it's like Transformers is just so iconic that anything changing shit, like Transformers, anything that transforms is going to get called a Transformer. That's why Thus the Transformer team always has, yeah. has to say convert, <laughs> right. Because they started looking at that and went like, oh, yeah, we got to make sure that we can say, no, we're Transformers. Yeah. You know, so, you know, other converting toy lines, um, they have to be careful about the words that they use or have Hasbro lawyers actually engage. Um, And so then, I mean, again, that's the thing that either you're going to be third party and biting off the transformer style and you know it's it's leader maximus or something or or whatever name you want to call it for your red and blue cab over engine truck that transforms into a noble looking robot hmm i wonder who that's supposed to be for people that want that sort of thing because otherwise like if you've got your own cool thing, but it's a, you know, a purple car that transforms into a stumpy thing. Oh, what transformer is that supposed to be? Well, it's not. It's my own thing. Okay. And I, I what I'm going to say. Why, to, why do I care? To this day, it's like, well, to this uh, day, I still lay that on the fan to a certain degree of not yeah. of not uh, and not even to the fan individual. I still think that the the fandom has not matured its ability to converse about why as humans the transforming robot connects with them it's always it, it always tends to on a very broad strokes level be like it's cuz it's the transformers and it's like until more people can think a little more granularly about why they enjoy it and also mm-hmm. it's not their responsibility to either i should say but until more people actively are like into into thinking about why they enjoy the notion of it just just for the notion of it. I think that will also be a limiter for grabbing Transformers fans' interest, uh, which I still find, like, you know, not, I'm not going to, like, lie about it. I find it tremendously frustrating. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I should also say that amidst all this, it's worth mentioning Hello Carbot and Tobot over in Korea have done gangbusters, and they are just cars that turn into robots stuff. They're basically mm-hmm. brave to a certain degree. Yeah. And, and there and, was a secret and, sauce over there that, that really clicked in a certain way that I, I think one could look to as well. Yeah, and that's the thing that, like, I, I kind of wish that there was more openness to import like those shows straight over or even get maybe i mean tobot's all cg so just be a matter of like dub and lip there flaps. is an english dub of tobot there is okay <laughs> does it get any publication on anything netflix apparently more people are starting to watch. also other young toys okay. and, and sonic kong related stuff in english dubs have been getting more and more on netflix uh tobot had a full english push in other english territories that are not north america so like it's it's kind of happened it's just in north america it hasn't uh so for our perspective you know obviously there's a perspective bias that's hard to see past sometimes um but like that that stuff has has breached here and there um, okay and, it, and it, I, I guess i'm just very surprised that that's never come across that like Tobots on netflix has never come across my my radar because i mean we there's part- watch a netflix show once or twice of Weak. There is there is one other thing about the Tobots cartoon is why it might is it's it is for little kids. It is a I mean, very even, little even kids still, cartoon. <laughs> watch enough stuff on Netflix that should key into like yeah. shape changing robot stuff. I'm not sure hey, if it's I'm, on I'm, American Netflix now that I'm that, thinking about I, it. I, I was just looking that up. I'm I'm actually on a Netflix kids. I opened up Netflix and went to the kids account in case the search kills things. Tobot. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Well, hmm. Oh, what? Explore that's titles related to. Oh, it must be on another. But then I yeah. click it and it says they have two seasons. So. Well, if you'll hit up our sponsor, NordVPN, and use the, yeah. c- the coupon code. <laughs> we don't have sponsors. Um, yeah. But uh, no, the, like, the thing about Tobot that I would say is really worth checking out, even if you hit YouTube, if you can find some compilations of Tobot stock footage transformation sequences. Like there, that show, even the toys, people who love transforming robots are working on that stuff. Um, that and, and Hello Carbot, uh, and and you know at times I've I've seen it in like Mini Force and whatnot as well. Like there's there's stuff out there. It hasn't it hasn't broached our continent is the main thing. Yeah, uh, and and I sometimes wonder if the nature of how North America really front loads its popular brands in an aggressive way, like you know the the way that everything is Disney and Hasbro for the most part now, and aggressively you know occupies lots of the aisles doesn't really have room for anyone else to come in there uh and in a very aggressive way uh might be part of it as well but um i think there's there there is stuff to look at though in in other countries and and even even if it's not competing with the transformers even if it's just a small internet audience finding some of those vibes and like making those connect with even a small number of people and figuring out where to grow from there. I feel like could be something, uh, the, the mayhem mechanics, the, uh, the unrustable bastards, I think was really close to doing that before the, the, that whole friggin' saga. I heard 30% of that crashed the whole thing. Apparently like took place. I think that that could have been on, on the ways to, to doing something cool at the time. Um, anyway, that, that's, uh, that's also all been solved because Eris came out and she's perfect <laughs> and looks kind of like Tarn. Um, anyway, uh, what was, what was it? question number three? Last question from, 
RK Fern. Um, this is the last question, more theory. I want to run past the crew to see if it holds any water. Feel free to skip this one. I'll, I'll, I'll give this give this a run. Uh, not has been brought up before. I think part of an explanation for why some want transformations they have um, no intentions of engaging with and thus are indifferent to how fun it is to actually transform has to do with suspension of disbelief. So this relates to um, the easy example. Folks who will buy the fans' toys stuff, never transform it, uh, and love it because it's a robot standing on a shelf kind of thing. Um in a way, some pretend like the toy really is the character when they engage with it, and having a transformation that technically works helps with that, whether or not the transformation itself is fun to do. This also kind of explains slot fillers, masterpiece alikes. It's easier to imagine that a toy is the character if there's only one of them. Outside of Transformers, I think this is partly why some like Gundam inner frames or Hot Toys clothes made of actual materials of the costume. Uh, they help with suspension of disbelief, with pretending like the toy is the thing that it's actually representing. Pretty sure kids do this. I know I did when I was younger. I think maybe as we get older, we don't grow out of suspension of disbelief, we just become more demanding just as we do with media we consume. Uh, does this make sense? Do you think there's other aspects that help with suspension of disbelief, or am I completely off base? Uh, no, I think you're onto something that I, I picked up in doing all those why do we collect panels and talking with folks during and after them. Um, is it like, And this is, again, this, this sort of is on the line of I wish people themselves were having these conversations more on a broad strokes level of common commonly. Um like, there's nothing wrong with enjoying buying Transformers that you almost never actually transform. I just feel like a lot of the folks in, like, you know, the third-party forum don't really seem to, like, have much of a conversation about it. It's just more like, it's what I like, with, like, a really big bold font period at the end. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's cool, that's your right, that's valid, but, like, it also seems to be the overwhelming tone. It's like, don't ask me about it. And it's like, okay, but sure would be interesting to talk about it same thing with uh hot toys stuff hot toys is like i think that people in that community do to a degree talk about it in that they are purchasing what are essentially statues that you can play with for a bit and you know every now and then but that for the most part it's there for photo shoots and to live on a shelf and i think that that versus the tactile experience is an entire explorable realm that like i really wish was just happening more uh, in, in the conversation that gets to where I see it, you know, in my circles and stuff. Um, but yeah, suspension of disbelief, I think is a, is a decent way to put it. Like, you know, it trend like that, that's what a lot of transformers folks like that, uh, say is like, they just want to know it can transform. And that is their satisfaction. Uh, and I think there's so much more to dig out of that, but like, I find that wall is often a little impenetrable, um, myself anyway. Uh, but no, I think it's a cool theory. I think it's a cool theory. And that's the kind of conversation I like I like to see in toy collecting. It's like just the thinking about the whys kind of thing. Um, so that was more of a theory than a question. I don't know. Like, uh, TJ, do you have any, any thoughts based off of that as well? Uh, that, that stir any revelations? <laughs> that's a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is some credence to it. Because we got things like Transformers Red right now, where you can get a figure that looks spot on to the cartoon, but mm-hmm. it doesn't transform. Yeah, and and for some folks and, it's wrong, and it's like then you got like please, like that's fine, and I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, but I wanted, I wish, I wish there was more being said about like why that doesn't connect. I guess, and and there's part, there's part of it is like because a Transformer isn't anything like a typical action figure. Like, yeah, if you if like if you do, you can do like a million different GI Joes and different sizes and scales, and they can all do what a GI Joe is normally supposed to do, which is pose and hold a gun. There's a GI Joe collector very upset with that, but uh, with a Transformer, 
there is an inherent part of the nature of the franchise that is missing when you suddenly go, well, it doesn't transform. For the same reason, you know, I think, like, the building block Transformers never worked, because, okay, they convert, but it's not actual transforming. You know, it's breaking them down into their bits and putting them into a different, you know, arrangement. It's not the same. You know, the spirit isn't there. You know, it was the same reason, like, they sell, tr- they sell like, just die-cast cars of Optimus Prime and, you know, some various vehicle modes. They don't really move because they don't have a robot mode for the exact same reason. Like, if it's, you know, just because it's the base DNA. Yeah. If it doesn't transform, it's not really a transformer. But then, like, there's there's this really thin through line on that, which is, it's kind of the one I always zero in on, which is, like, it's that viewpoint, but then it's, like, also... I like my combiners to just have at least, like, you know, let's say 30% to 80% of the combined mode is just, like, parts uh, that perpetually are just that combined mode with some slots on them that I plug the guys onto. And I'm like, all right, so what if that, like, like what if that those slots were filled and that was an action figure of the combiner that cost a bit, uh, like, a touch more, but without the cost of all those toys you slotted into them? And it's like, nah, it's no good anymore. And it's like, all right, do you transform that thing a lot? No. Is it going to be on your shelf in robot mode for 90% of his life? Yes. And it's like, all right, like this is becoming this really unique, weird niche of collector that only exists for Transformers. Yet I find the conversations become impenetrable at that point. And it uh, doesn't make me mad. I'm like, frustrated isn't the right word. I'm just like, we're so close though to having like these really cool, like, like realizations of just how much broader our collector base is than it, it looks even when we look at it as people who collect 10, 20 completely different kinds of lines, you know? Uh, so, and, and so I like doing panels about it. Um, Aaron, did you, does this stir anything in you, or is this is, is the theory just like, yeah, it's the theory for you? I, I mean, I, I totally get the, the, the theory that he has. I understand it and, and could believe it. Um, yeah. Yeah, suspension of disbelief. I feel like I want to dig into that more, not like right now. Um, but that's that's a cool phrase. Is that going to be why do we collect part four? Hey, maybe, maybe I'll steal it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a really neat phrase that I feel like like demands some um, some onion peeling of, of how mm-hmm. it can relate to all of this, which which kind of fascinates me. This didn't, I mean, that's also still my ongoing take on toy collecting is that like. There's a lot more to this than just I buy toy and and I I, I still really want to like pull some more of that stuff open because like it bounces off a lot of folks but the folks it doesn't bounce off of then go on to have such fascinating conversations uh, and like we're it, it's still it's it's something that really excites me still um, anyway um, RK Fern goes on to say a lot of really nice stuff to us for ten years plus of entertainment um, started listening in middle school and is about to graduate college soon so congratulations RK Fern. Uh, this was not from like last year, so this is still like close enough that I am assuming they have not graduated college quite yet. Um, uh, this time of year, yeah, he's graduated college. Okay, well, congratulations on college. Oh yeah, it's if, June. If, if he was a senior, if he was a junior, then he's got another year still. <laughs> I forgot it's June. But if he says about to graduate college soon in April, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right.
you're right. Okay, congratulations, RK Fern. Uh, apparently, we uh, uh, they go on to say, you got me through some tough times. Uh, where I'm from, Transformers is very expensive. There isn't much of a collector community, so thanks for letting me experience any uh, or many aspects of collecting vicariously through you. Um, so thank, they, thank you for the kind words. And I, I'll always say, whenever someone in regards to like medias that I've touched on like mentions those kind of timelines uh, i'm really glad you stuck around uh and hopefully it it was a, g- a good time and will continue to be a good time um yeah that, that brings us to our final little segment here what we got this week transformers i know you both got galvatron whilst i'm uh-huh. i'm sitting here hemming and hawing on like do i keep my amazon pre-order or my ev games pre-order i don't even know what the date is on any of them anymore <laughs> so uh i i haven't messed with one i just watched i watched t- cam from toy hacks's video on on how to rip the shoulders apart to put them back together with the other side facing forward that's about it um so i kind of i kind of want to leave this to you guys I, I don't know what to ask about galvatron other than like so is he good like that's all i really got yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> DJ is he good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean that's that's all I really want to hear because I want him. But like, <laughs> I don't really know. Like like um to to kind of kick it off, Aaron. We talked briefly yesterday, and you mentioned that mm-hmm. like you were um I I parsed it as Galvatron has really smart geometry. You were saying that you were just surprised how such simple transformation steps yielded such different shapes. Yes. Um. So it's. You know, basically, the gist of it is for his legs, kind of un, uh, a slightly unnecessary panel from the back of his leg flips around that helps with the shape at the end of everything. And then you just slam his legs together back to back. And then that's like the back part of the cannon when you like flip down his his feet sideways from the side of his knee and then flip down giant heel spurs that kind of make a stand for like if another transformer was going to stand behind him and use him as a cannon and it's just like blop blop and that's it no like inside out flippy flops that that make it overly complex it's just the you you do the thing and it's done yeah like that that was my take during the transformation was I was expecting those legs to have one of those like the entire leg is made of panels that peg mm-hmm. together and fold inside out and then wrap around the main body to take away all this rear and like turn it into like the cannon like no no it's just these two things that come down yeah <laughs> expecting his legs to do what Rhinox's legs end up doing that's, yeah, Aaron also has Rhinox, and I asked him a yeah, few I things. Have Rhinox. We'll talk yeah, about that in a second. <laughs> it sounds but, like, hey, Aaron, is Galvatron better than Rhinox? I like Galvatron more than I like Rhinox. All right. You know what, TJ? You didn't need Rhinox. <laughs> <laughs> How much uh, is Legends Rhinox going for these days? Uh, it depends. Does he fall over or not? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> The Rhinox conversation coming <laughs> shortly. Um, DJ, yeah, like, um, in your case with Galvatron, uh, my other main question, I guess, is like, were we right? Do his shoulders look fine while you turn them left and right in your hands? Is it just weird optics? I mean, uh, the op- well, we know what it is now is that all the sample photos had the misassembled shoulders. There is that too. Yeah, the- so that thing, right? <laughs> If you don't mind the pin being in the front, is that solvable just by pulling his arm up and folding it back down? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. 
Okay. Like like a little a little bit of like little greeble detail vanishes in the process, but that's and that well, and lose, the pin you, is if, it. If if the shoulders on backwards, then you lose the tab. I don't know what that means because I don't have them. <laughs> right. I mean, isn't that the 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 backwards construction where so there's a tab on the front of his shoulders that tabs into the like waist armor. Yeah, I mean, piece. I mean, you could move it back into place when you transform them. I would assume it's just if if, he, if they're the shoulders are hanging low, if you don't mind the pin facing forward, you could just like move his arms up and then swivel them back down at the shoulder, and then his arm his shoulders are up. Then you undo it before you transform them. Well, yeah, yeah, you undo it before you transform them. So it would add an extra step that could be annoying. Um, but I was wondering if that was the true nature of it, because yeah, you you are losing that that thing on the front of his real shoulders. Um, and also the the operation to do it was simpler than I thought, but also more dangerous than I thought, because like it seems like it's like yeah, just wedge two screwdrivers in there, and I'm like, there's like so many opportunities for for me to accidentally jam one of those through my hand, the way that I've seen that happening. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it if I end up with a with a misassembled one, but um, the TJ otherwise with, with Galvatron, like um, is he is he just like a hit hitting aside from the shoulder thing? Is he hitting on all cylinders? Is he just like yeah, this is a good friggin' leader toy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a really, really solid iteration of Galvatron. Um, I, I, I would say my one issue with him is like he doesn't. I wish he had a, just one extra transformation step for the cannon modes for the struts on the front, like where the treads are, just because mm-hmm. the way that they, because once you fold the fists in and there's like this weird gap where his because it's just his forearm and his. Uh, bicep mm-hmm. closed up. So, like, where it connects to the strut, there's just this gap in the front, and I kind of wish there was just something to connect that. You flip his hands out, and it fills the gap. But it feels yeah, like yeah. one of those steps where it's just like, oh, well... If like, the f- if the treads on the back of the la- of, of the back of the arm had an additional part that folded out to, like... Yeah, or, or like... cover Plate cover up or something? Yeah, or if, 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 like, the forearm, like, the outer forearm double-hinged over to make that extension... Yeah, just some, yeah. just something like that, just so like I wasn't just look obviously looking at two arms folded up. I'm not gonna say spend like twenty bucks on an upgrade kit, but that sounds precisely like what some of the upgrade kits I've seen have been doing for the last year, of like an installable like flap piece for stuff like that. Yeah, that that sounds like something they would absolutely do. I mean, but that that's a that's a minor thing. Like I said, flipping out the hands mostly fixes it. Yeah. You know, the ro- the robot mm-hmm. mode I think looks really cool. Like once you got the shoulders where they're supposed to be, it's a really nice iteration of Galvatron. I could do without the little blue splotches on it. But beyond that, like apparently I'm s- that's like super easy to clean off. Yeah, Perfect. I was going to say um yeah. fo- folks took a risk on a spare one and it is precisely it's the dream paint for wiping it off with Q-tips covered in alcohol. Uh like it it comes off super fast and you don't have to like risk marring the surface underneath. It's like it's incredibly a top coat of paint. <laughs> mm-hmm. So apparently it's, it's very easy to yeah, it's very easy to ISO that stuff off. Um, I'm cleaning I'm him tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that splatter is real weird to me cuz like it looks like it's trying to do two different things that are in opposition to each other where it's trying to be battle damage but also just highlights and so it doesn't look like either. It, mm-hmm. it just looks weird. <laughs> 
It looks like he got back from paintball is what it looks like. Yeah, because they're like they're battle yeah. damage scars in a highlight color, and it's not even like non-metallic metal of like oh it looks like you know uh, patterns of light on a sheen of metal. It's just like no, it's like like <laughs> like those. What was it? The uh, the Walmart. Oh, the cell color like, ones, like the cell shading ones. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks almost like someone tried to rejig battle damage to do that in a way, like. Like it, like it could be battle damage, or it could be the other thing. Yeah, and it has to pick because it can't be both. But it's trying. Uh, it's this it's is kind of weird to me. Uh, it sounds like in person, it's also weird. Uh, it sounds like nobody likes it. So thank goodness it's easy to clean off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hype about him. I mean, also, I mean, people start taking photos immediately. It looks like he looks like a champ next to. SS86 Scourge and Kingdom Cyclonus. Um, anything in person that that contradicts that? Or do you guys pretty much agree with what I've been seeing the masses say? Or the, I I I think like the masses are right on this. I was also going to ask, uh, yeah. like, are, are you guys in the very minority where you're like, I haven't actually put him next to those two yet because he's so good. <laughs> I haven't put mine together yet, simply because I have been too busy to dig storage out to do that. I was also going to say, Galvatron's not like... He's only been at... There's a, there's a per, fairly short window in which you could have already got him. So <laughs> It's like, I haven't yet. I just opened him. <laughs> just don't rush me. <laughs> uh... Any, anything else about Galvatron? Like it's, just, I am really excited now. Like it sounds like he's just hitting it. And holy moly, have we been waiting for a Galvatron to do that at all? Mm-hmm. Um, poor Titans return Galvatron. I still like your spaceship mode. Um, Aaron, let's let's talk about Rhinox because we mentioned him before. Um, yep. And I mentioned we we talked briefly yesterday, and I'll I'll, I'll mention this for context. Cause I think you know, in even if this podcast takes a while for whatever dumb reason, like Rhinox is a contentious toy online. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people have gone so far as to say he is literally terrible, and a couple of people are fine with him. Uh, th- there's more dissension amongst the fan ranks about that Kingdom Voyager than there has been, I think, for any other Kingdom Voyager so far, other than, like, Dinobot's Dino Head. So, uh, Aaron, I know the answer, but how do you feel about Rhinox? I... Rhinox, my opinion, floats around on. There are things that I like about Rhinox, there's things I don't like about Rhinox, and it's a solid okay toy. Yeah, my... my... I, I, I think that's about where I settle out. The impression I got is that, like, Rhinox isn't a terrible toy. He's just potentially disappointing, but is a solid standing robot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some of the things that he does that I think are really neat is the fact that, like, the his, like, most of his back and the back half of him folds up into his legs. And the layers that it does, it is neat, I, but I wish that there was a little bit more action to them. Um, or, or a little bit smarter action to them because there's like, he has, uh, kind of a double knee joint and there is like such precision of this step has to happen before that step and rotating things in certain ways to get around other interference points that is just a bit excessive for the neat fact that it all collapses down into his shins, basically. 
So it's like there, there's a reason it's there, and it's not a bad reason, but man, it'd be cool if they had just a little bit more cut or a little bit more like just a little bit more play or something that could just have a a slider that pulled that slide out another three millimeters that way there'd be more clearance because multiple times when i transform him there comes a point where you're trying to push one piece past another and you kind of just have to like twist it in a way that it doesn't feel like it should twist to just pop it around a corner and then it's good again oh that's a bummer i know i know what you mean with that that's always that's always a bit of a frustration especially when there's a cool trick happening like that leg stuff and and it's a thing that's like i'm sure if every time i transformed them there were good instructions and i transformed them (laughs) per the good instructions that it wouldn't be that i'm that i'm doing it like a c b d and there's you know b and c specifically have to be where they are and at these specific degrees um i didn't bring up instructions this time i just want to say i'm washing my hands of this like i didn't yeah this is all i know before before the instruction guy before you come to kill me this one this one was aaron all right (laughs) they're better than they have been in the past but they're still not always great (laughs) again it's where i wish you know a, a thing that that we've kind of talked about yeah directly and indirectly a couple times it'd be really cool if hasbro did a making of rhinox thing and talked about how the toys were made and then did a transformation on video yeah and 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 you could show that like hey this is you should really know you do this and then this and then this and good good camera angles of it granted that'd be a lot of production value for a thing that they don't have to do and so that's probably why they don't do it. What well, let's fit up with the video instructions they were doing for a hot minute though. Like what, for like a wave and a half, yeah. Is that was that it? Is, yeah, I think so. Come on. That are that are they're all very unfortunately ready to be like they're all private videos that there's the guy that had them all set up like moved on to move to Plato. Move to Plato Plato took yeah. another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so now it's just like it's just there waiting for for somebody to hit publish. That disappoints. I I thought I think I was actually taking for granted that those were still happening and I just hadn't kept up with them. Uh even even if they had moved into that much less effective like speed up parts of the footage and have, you know, loud music playing version, like mm-hmm. there was something good going on there. That's I don't know. Um I also want to say for trivia, I picked this up off Twitter from David Willis. But uh, the Kingdom Rhinox ha- has some weird boxy things on his torso, and if you backtrace it, those were boxy things that were invented for thir- for Thrilling Thirty Rhinox, which one of the mobile games then carried over to their model, and their mobile games model appears to have been the the reference for Kingdom Rhinox. So Kingdom Rhinox has third generation Greeble from a Thrilling Thirty toy. That is then become like also a critique on him for not looking precisely like the mainframe model in in torso. And it's just funny to me that like you can backtrace through a mobile game, like how that could have occurred. Um, which which is you know, it's neat. apparently the Kingdom Rhinox has his lips back, which is you know an improvement on the Thrilling Thirty One. Uh, it still sounds to me like he's just fine. Like it honestly, it sounds like if you break it down, he's got the same number of at least cons as Voyager Dinobot does. It's just Voyager Dinobot's yeah. really loudly cool. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. The the one thing I like doing is taking his rhino bottom jaw off and flipping it around when he's in robot mode because then you can have the like behind Rhinox's head. Yeah. What appears like top jaw there. Like Yeah, the flesh. I, I, I really hope that's a thing that was intentional. Yeah, like it was done as as like a we can't actually do this part of it because you have to take the part off and we don't allow that's a legal transformation like a legal Lego build stuff. <laughs> but like, you could do it. Then you just go like, hey, don't the weapons parts form off of insert transformer? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his weapon, his fleshy palette. Uh, uh, oh, cool, uh, TJ. This is are you are you still tracking down a Rhinox or or? Uh, are you trying to figure out the the path right now for Rhinox? I've had no success in finding Rhinox. Most every store I've been to is uh, not even stuck on wave two. Most stores around here are stuck on wave one still. I've seen a, an occasional Dinobot, and that is about it. So I have no idea when I will ever get sight of a Rhinox, and I am still on the fence about how to handle. Uh, my potential Rhinox future. Uh, one of them is IDW Dr. Rhinox. No, no. Was he Dr.? No, IW Rhinox was, was like an evil goon kind of guy. I'm thinking of Tank Lord. He, he, yeah, he was, a, uh, he was, he was, like, he was like one of the senators and then was like a, uh, like one of the evil Maximals. Yeah, but before... Like everything was evil in. It was before the Unicron Evil Maximals, though. Rhinox was like well, they they stuck they well yeah they stuck him in as the senator, and then when they came up with like all the Beast Formers from Be- every every character from Beast Wars is a minion of Unicron in this universe. Like then they said he was like like uh, like a spy. Yeah, that- yeah. So one of them is him, and the other one's nice Rhinox. <laughs> Even though we've est- we've established many times, Rhinox is inherently evil. Like, look at those guns. Look at the the teeth. You know, he's. I mean, I mean, he had an episode where he turned Predacon, and it was just, like super easy to do. Yeah, don't trust that guy. Um, did, uh, TJ, did you get any other uh, on topic? What we got though, uh, other than a Rhinox? Uh, just a couple little things. I got the uh, the core class Megatron. Ooh, I like him. Because I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm getting I'm getting Soundwave mm-hmm. the second I find one, and yeah. I already have the Starscream, so you know what? I might as well have the trio. Um, God, I wish I was going to say like the the reaction was I wish he did a little bit more, but also he, uh, he's he's a he's a he's a three and a half inch tall figure. So yeah, what 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 can I what can I really expect out of him? I, th- I think that Starscream just got me so like hyped up. It's like, oh, I wonder what this Megatron does, and what the Megatron does is basically what I see uh, every simple Megatron do forever. What what I'd give this Megatron is he does it in a way that ends up less cluttery than other little Megatrons, and he he throws in that that fun asymmetry of his forearms that you really don't think's going to be there till it happens. Like it's not yeah, it's I, not the Starscream trick, but. Yeah, I saw that mushroom peg, and I thought, why is just one wrist swivel? And I tried it. Oh, that's that's not a wrist. What is that? What is our mushroom? Why did the mushroom peg? It was, it was a one. It was a rare time where I have to go to the instruction manual. I was like, oh, that's yeah. a panel. Like okay. If, if- if Core Starscream didn't exist, I think people would be lauding this Megatron a bit more. But Core Starscream 
does eat this Megatron's lunch in the same way. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, this Megatron is doing really cool things for a little, like, uh, pocket figure, but then that Starscream is just like, yo, look under my jet mode, and then you're like, what? <laughs> so I, Congrat- I would also... Congratulations, Starscream. You're finally topped Megatron. Yeah. I, I would also say, I'm doing it too. I'm like, let's temper expectations on Soundwave. I think there's only so many ways he can turn into a box. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> But also, it's going to be a handheld sound wave, so... Yeah, yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not expecting Starscream at a sound wave either, but that's more so because of sound wave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, TJ, I was going to ask you, are, the, are the, the hip and knee ball joints on your Megatron remotely tight, or are they like, please tighten us? Uh, they are, for me, acceptable, but I would definitely feel better if they were just a little bit tighter. My, yeah, mine are, like, I'd say a half point below the acceptable level. Like, I, I haven't tightened them yet, because it's not that much of a problem, but, like, it's the first thing I think of whenever I touch him. I feel his legs moving around, and I'm just like, right, I need to do this sometime. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. I was I was just staring at mine, thinking like, do I be clever and be like, did you notice that his cannon tip is a Walter P thirty eight? But like, it's, <laughs> it's we're we're well past that. Although I like, I'll say one last thing about him. I really like how you can stick that onto his back, so it's kind of like the Megatron rear rear tube, the right. thing that looks like it's a cannon but never really was. Um, any, anything else uh, on your end? You said there was like one other, one or two other little things. Well, the other little thing is uh, just to be completely random. A um, couple of G one things came in, which is like it's uh, flywheels and slugfest. Ooh! Just adding a yeah, flywheels just because it was cheap, and you know what? Uh, let's. I've been making fun of this toy for years. Let's find out what I'm really making fun of, uh, and it's all justified. Because uh, the Duocon was not the greatest idea they had back then. So, it's, I it's, think, a, it's a goofy little, it's a goofy little auto-former thing. I think you, the, the Duocons, feet. you had to be young and be there, and then they, like, leave this indelible mark of, like, ooh, I push it on and it pops up. That's so neat. Yeah. If you weren't there, though... There's nothing, so I kind of yeah. I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Well, it's the equivalent of like the the one step changers we have here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, as a kid, like, oh wow, how to do that? But as an adult, I'm like, why can't he point his gun forward? That does just where my brain stays. He can point it. He can point it sideways enough, ish. Kind of not quite enough. I think he can't look that way. <laughs> he's just a good shot, you know. What's his fire blast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then G One Slugfest is just fun. Like, I need to get Overkill to complete my like little cassette dinosaur uh, collection at this point. But I've never you, messed you, with Slugfest. I'm just thinking about I, it. I now. didn't. I didn't realize his spines were spring loaded. I didn't know like, that. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just went to transform them, and they popped out. I didn't think any hmm. of them were. I didn't think he'd be big, he'd be big enough for a spring-loaded part. Oh, the yeah. um, um, rumble and uh, rumble and uh, frenzy's head was spring-loaded. Um, oh, that's right. I only know that because on one of my old ones, the spring got kind of like it, it worked, but it got crooked. 
so his head would always pop out kind of at a weird cocked angle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like Slugfest is probably the most simple of any of the cassette formers I've ever goofed with because it's just legs flip out, head flips out, tail flips out. You have a stegosaurus. Like it's that, yeah. it is the spine trick to saving them there. Yeah, and hey, also another character who's kind of been lost to time, Overkill, is a, is like a bipedal um, dinosaur. So it's like, oh, Grimlock, over and over, Slugfest, nothing. Who's Slugfest? He's an angry little stegosaur. He's he's a guy that they repainted from Grimlock once. Did they? <laughs> yeah, that was like the Universe Special Edition. Oh crap! Yeah, you're. I vaguely remember that now. Uh, poor Slugfest. Doesn't even really get that many third-party versions either. I think there's a Keith's Slugfest, but that's about it. Um. Anyway, Slugfest I mean, appreciation. Yeah, when well, you only appear in one car- episode of the cartoon, like he was in the cartoon it- once. <laughs> <laughs> call, call of the Primitives. Him and Overkill only appearance. Really? They stuck him in there? I can't remember that at yeah. all. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah, because let's stick more dinosaurs in there who are completely ineffectual because you're going up against the, the sequel to Unicron. That means Slugfest has a cartoon model. Holy moly. I gotta look into that. I don't. I, I literally don't remember him being in <laughs> that episode. <laughs> it was literally uh, just Soundwave going, wait, what? As he watches his cassettes fly out and they're in there too. <laughs> Oh, the two I never used. <laughs> I didn't even know going? I had them. Where were you come from? <laughs> Rumble and friends are like, no, our dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, Aaron, I should ask any other uh, on-topic stuff on your end. Yes, I am going to send you a link because I could tell you what it is, and you would have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh boy, dupe, dupe, and podcastless. What is this assembly of bits and pieces? So this is from Italy. Italy. <laughs> I was just um, looking at the listing. I'm what like, what the? Is it? <laughs> yes. So, so Alfie got this uh, set of eleven minifigures that are uh, about an inch tall. I see jazz from the uh, original movie. Yes, she she got them because of jazz and and the um, sun sun Pontiac Sunfire. Yeah. Um. So we have we got all eleven of them, which is uh, Prime Bumblebee, <laughs> Barricade, Blackout, Jazz as both robots and vehicles, and then Megatron is like a melted piece of plastic. I appreciate they um, didn't even try. They just yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they got. <laughs> Yeah, it, like Megatron it, that, was that, number that, eleven, and then they just went no. That that photo does it justice. Oh God, um, <laughs> he looks so, chewed. He, he looks, yeah, like, it's he looks like it one is, of those. It, it looks is. like one of those like YouTubers that makes stuff out of melted aluminum cans. Yeah, yeah. This it like uh, it is. I mean, how big is he? Yeah, it is. It is not great. It's they're all about three centimeters inch, about an inch tall. Okay. I mean, it it is actually a little bit better than what that picture looks like. There is more definition. If you hit him with a good paint wash, it'd probably really pop out. Hey, I know how to do um, that. But yeah, so th- got it, and it was still in like the master package sealed, and then each one of them is individually sealed inside of that. Um, the the ones that I opened up were were blackout because it's it's the helicopter, um, and it's 
it's just this oddball thing that she was like, well, it's it's two more pieces for the jazz wall, I is, guess. Is Zaini the manufacturer of these? I'm just I am the not sure. I want to know like how we could possibly direct someone to what these are. The, the listing is Raro Set 11 Minifigure 3 Centimeter Transformers Collection Original Sorpresine Zaini. Yeah. And I don't know which of those... It would be a brand name <laughs> if there is one. Uh, those are s- kind of neat. Like the, this reminds me of a tchotchke I got in a German magazine of uh, of Rid twenty fifteen Optimus. Um, yeah. So we're we're not entirely sure if it's a a Zyni comes back as Zyni chocolate. So maybe it's like oh, a okay chocolate toy. Yeah. So. A couple of quick other clicks after going after the Zyni word. They look like they have Kinder Egg-style chocolates. Uh, this would be pretty baller if I got this out of a Kinder Egg. Yeah. And it, it's definitely, it definitely would fit that sort of shape. Are they, uh, they kind of squishy or are they hard? They're squishy. Okay. They're, they're like... They're a, they are a soft durometer plastic, we'll say. Yeah. Where it's it's like you know blackout who is like mostly like a large pill is his torso <laughs> like that is hard but his yeah. arms and legs are soft and you can deflect them. it's nothing that I'd want to deflect a ton because I feel like it would wear out and then rip a leg off or something I like the but, word pill in that the use of the word pill there that's yeah <laughs> uh, that's cool. Dang. But yeah, that was that was something jazz interesting and oddity interesting. So it hit like the cross sectional analysis of what her collections have always been. Yeah, and you get a helicopter out of it too. And then I ended up with the helicopters, and she was like, you know, if anybody wants, if there's anybody that's a big Bumblebee fan or a big Optimus Prime fan or or a, a big Barricade fan or maybe a Megatron fan, and wants some of these, like hit me up. I'll. I feel bad that I can like, I can think of someone for everyone but the Megatron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Hopefully, folks, I, I can, might can... I might point you at the three other available for so that you can pay like as much in shipping as it is actually for the thing, or just figure out a way at some convention to handshake a bumblebee off to you or something. It's by the way spelled Z A I N I, Zaini. You want to look them up. Or Z A I N I if you're American. Right, if you're wrong, you can also look him up that way. <laughs> Salty. Uh, How many Canadians have been to the moon? I, well, the moon? Yes. Never been. Um, <laughs> any, anything else uh, on topic on your end? Uh, no. All right, I got something on topic. Uh, I talked about it before. Eris. Um, I'm going to link you some photos. This is um, Mastermind Ocular. It's under Ocular Max, I believe. But this is a first entry in a, in a line they, that they launched as an exclusive on their site, Planet Steel Express. I genuinely believe that was because they weren't sure if anyone would actually buy it enough to justify it existing. So I suspect that the first run of Eris was incredibly small. Um, I don't think there were many of them. Like, like I don't know numbers. I am just assuming there weren't a lot. That was the wrong... Uh, Twitter does this dumb thing when I try to thread through the messages and the link stays the same. But um, 
she is uh, a robot that, at a glance, looks like female Tarn. Uh, when you remove her mask, she's got Esmeral's head, which is a character from one panel of the, the Victory manga. Um, and uh, her bio is that she's a, basically a G-axis superweapon that can scan and take on the abilities of other robots. So in this case, she scanned Kultur um, from uh, Mastermind Creations reformatted uh, stuff. And... Um, the thing about this this figure that made me pre-order her in an instant, it was twofold. Actually, threefold. A, she had the hands that I really like from Optus Pexis, where uh, the fingers are not only all articulated, but they have uh, spread as well. Uh, number two, those treads are hard plastic, and they work. Uh, and number three, her transformation to a tank is impeccable. Uh, her tank mode is incredibly, incredibly nice. Like It's just a good, compact alien tank. The way she transforms... Her upper body is is the lower body and chunk of the tank. Her legs transform into the turret. Uh, and it's all very simple with just very smart geometry. Um, and she prioritizes a lot of good articulation in robot mode. Uh, she's got die cast um, in her calves and uh, ankles. So she has weight in the lower half of her body to hold the uh, slightly backpacked upper half. But, like, that's not like a backpacked upper half. It's just there are two pods on her back that are the... Each one is one of the front treads. Um, Like, she fully transforms. Uh, If she didn't have a Tarn mask uh, and you change some of the sculpted detail, this is basically a fully original lady tank robot who is really cool. Uh, She's also taller than she looks in the photos. Like, she's very tall <laughs> um and is a super good figure and i just saw that uh, it is confirmed she's getting a, a mass production release next year with a slightly revised paint deco so people will have an, another chance at her thank goodness but more so the fact that she sold out so hard gives me hope that like hey yes she's like uh an internet rule tarn but She's otherwise a fully original transforming robot character who friggin sold out hard and has massive demand after her because she looks cool and has a cool tank mode. And those those are the things people I see talking about, not that, oh, she's Tarn. It's damn, that looks like a good toy with a good tank mode. And that is also what gets my optimism up a little bit that like there is a receptive crowd still to this kind of thing. And that the, the Transformers dressings are literally dressings. This is an original character cosplaying as an obscure Transformers character. Um, and I, I got to show you guys a little video clip in our, in our discord. Um, the treads, they aren't just all hard plastic interlinked tread pieces. That's already cool. They, they free wheel like hot wheels wheels, but as treads, um, I sent you a little clip of me just like flicking mm-hmm. a finger across them. When you roll her on a remotely textured surface, she rolls like a car. You could give her a little nudge and she rolls forward on four sets of treads. Like no cheating. It's friggin' incredible. Uh, it's one of the most exciting toys I've messed with in a long time. Um, very much on par with Optus Pexis. They both have small pros and cons that kind of interchange between the two, where I'm not sure if I'd, I'd say one is like way better than the other. Uh, but Eris is, is a fantastic piece that does not call back to Transformers nearly as much as Optus Pexis. Uh, and I understand I'm saying that when she's literally cosplaying Tarn, but like, t- please try to see the point I'm making on a granular level rather than like a, a black and white level. Uh, 
I'm I'm really impressed with the figure. Uh, and like the friggin' mask uses two very subtle tabs that clip into two very subtle uh, indentations or just gaps near her cheekbones between her cheeks and her helmet. And they just go right in there. Like it was so solid. I thought there was a magnet in there at first. Um, so I don't have any good shots of the tank mode yet. Cause I've been transforming her constantly, but uh super good figure. I, I just need to gush a little bit about her. I did. A, I did a, I got a YouTube stream of when I got her cause I was excited and I wanted to, to hang out with people whilst opening her up, but I didn't call it an unboxing. Cause what are those? I never heard of them. Um, yeah, that that's my big on topic. What I got is I'm just friggin' over the moon. Like Aaron, do you see those treads? Does that does mm-hmm. that video? I, that that video is making me go to Big Bad right now and see about pre-orders. When the mass production pre-orders. release happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet it a bit because a lot of people need to at least experience vicariously those treads. It's you can't get it across in video even like how freewheeling they they are, but they're not wheels. Like I've never seen something like that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that toy and think to myself, "Ooh, that looks good," but maybe I'll wait to see how it turned out. And everything I've seen since then has made me regret not getting the first run. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness, right? They 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 have enough interest to feel like they can do a second run. Because uh, this this sort of toy, I still consider to be a big risk. Because it's like it's not a Transformers character. It's not trying to be. It is. You know, if you boil it down to as like as as unga bunga a definition as you can, is it's a, a character dressed up like a Transformers character, um, barely shares the alt mode even, other than like it's a tank, but it's not the same tank. So it's I, I I'm really hopeful stuff like that at least they can do some more with this sort of project, even if it is like you know. Um, lady robot cosplaying as established transformers characters if the base toy is a really good original piece like this i still feel like i'm winning even even if we're having to like you know bribe the brand recognition in a way uh but the man the the base toy is cool those treads just blow my mind um also on topic i should say uh i got uh kingdom inferno uh who i think is a little more exciting than kingdom grapple in like really minor ways, but like somehow Kingdom Inferno just feels like a like I don't know it's like something about about the little tweaks he has like connect with me more. Um, I also kind of like that he has little, little fire hose things as plug on bits, even though they don't really do anything. Uh, they're cute, but um, still a, a solid transformation. Like I, I, I and, and someone mentioned it to me while I was messing with him that like they fixed the bit that broke, uh, and they did. I didn't have to sand down anything. Um, there weren't any horrendously tight pegs that I had to, to deal with. So they, they, you know, they tweaked the mold, it seems. And, uh, Hey, now we know that there's an earth mode red alert coming out. So, uh, it's a win-win the, the boyfriend's back. Um, now I just got to get Earthrise um, hoist cause I never got him and I kept meaning to get him on sale and then I'd get other things during sales and like, I need to grab hoist. <laughs> Because I I can't I can't have one of these folks partnered up, but the other one going like, "Where's my boyfriend?" It's like, it's, sorry, he wasn't on sale enough. It's a horrible thing to say. Um, and I, that's that's about it for my on topic. Um, so uh, just to, I guess we can quickly close up with some off topic. Um, Aaron, anything uh, going on? What's going on in, in your off topic enthusiast pursuits? <laughs> I learned how to install a. Car door window regulator. Hell yeah! What does that do? 
It's the thing that makes the window go up and down. Oh, I was because the ability to make a window go up died on mine. That's bad. Yeah, that's not that's that seems like something you discover after you've put it down. That's not optimal. You do, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's it's doubly wonderful when uh, it's due to rain heavily the next few days. That seems like an adventure. And <laughs> and you have to scramble to find a a covered place that you can park it and figure out what's actually broken and how to fix it and where to get parked. Dun, 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 dun. But it was by so thankfully, um, Alec mom's out of the farm um you know we have a large shed that like they work on tractors and combines and stuff and so there's plenty of space and was able to get it there and then go and find the replacement part the oem part was four hundred dollars and i started breathing really hard about that and then I found that like Amazon had some parts dealer that had it for fifty dollars, so I ordered the fifty dollar one. And uh, it's like you'd undo five screws on the door, and then lift it up a little bit, undo a bunch of wiring harnesses, and then you have to work like you have to like imagine a glove box except for you're reaching through it and then backwards. And you can't see what you're trying to detach. Oh, like when I change a light bulb on my ceiling light. Yes, maybe. Potentially. It's got a thing hanging down. I don't want to remove it. So I just reach up and around it and kind of blind screw. Yeah, so you're like reaching up and around it after you've loosened some bolts. Then you have to take everything out and then kind of do the same thing in reverse to put it all back in. I ended up taking a... Uh, like a chunk off my knuckle like any proper mechanic would son of a stupid do you think any of them damn engineers do you think any of them like uh, like like when they don't they're like now no one will think i'm cool so they just like close their eyes and bite a belt and then just like swing a screwdriver at their knuckle no no my brother my brother's a mechanic so i if, if it doesn't get out without biting you hey it's a good day okay um but yeah just kind of did that like inside out work and then put it about halfway together so that I could connect the the uh, control panel from the door on it, and then it went up, and then it went down like it was supposed to. And I was very concerned in the beginning because it wasn't like the dry. It was the driver's side window, and so in, in my vehicle it has the thing where it has the up and down for that one have two detents, so you can if you hit. Only to the first one, it goes up, and when you let go of the button of the switch, it stops. Or if you pull it all the way up, it goes all the way up without you touching it. So you can just be like, "Yeah, g- w- window go up, window go down, not think about it." That wasn't working. I was like, "Well, uh, is that what the like four hundred dollar difference was between the OEM part and this one? It had like some additional little controller switch in for there." That's kind of BS. You don't have to hold the button. <laughs> but for four hundred dollars, I'm fine with not having to hold the button. You know? Yeah. And so then it was like after basically like after two vehicle restarts and rolling the window up and down a bunch, it just like I just did it one time out of habit and it just worked. I was like, oh, wow. okay. Hey, Um, I don't know why that happened, but I'll accept it. I'm so I'll start off by saying I'm very proud of you um for figuring that out i'm also proud of myself because when you said window regulator i was like this is one of two things it is either the thing you described or it's the thing that regulates the defogging of the window and i'm curious which one it is 
And so I'm still proud yeah. of myself. I still have to figure out why the AC isn't working yet, but That's with bad. work from home, <laughs> well, with work from home, it's not like I'm driving anywhere. True. And and the truck we just paid, you know, $2,500 to have the transmission rebuilt on. Uh, that one I didn't do myself. Kind of what we got, but we now have a truck that'll go from second to third to fourth gear without trying to skip third and sound like it's summoning some sort of mechanical demon. So, oh, truckular! I, I like I like truck demons. Yeah. Those are fun. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my most of my recent gets. And oh, 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 and both of the vehicles were down at the same time. Woo! Um, which made it real fun for like. A week and a half, we had no vehicles. Adventure, and and we're not in a place that like no vehicles is a is a okay thing to just deal with. That's like when I'm in like yeah, whenever I've been in the states and I've been like oh just walk somewhere and it's like mm-hmm. no you can't. <laughs> yeah, we we did the like four block walk to the grocery store um, when we needed some some staples to fill out the other stuff that we had sitting around, and of course that was like it's you know. 85 degrees outside and super humid and you're just sticking to yourself and then you're like ah ac is nice in the store and then you're like oh we have to walk back now with bags because we don't have a cart like a roller cart or anything and it's a little bit more than even if we'd had a backpack (sighs) okay let's do this thing and then come home and just be sticky and take a shower ice cream yeah forever you worked the, it off <laughs> yeah except for it was soup by the time we got back uh, true <laughs> but all right vehicle frustrations off topic hell yeah skills learned tj what about you what's been up in the non-transformers world uh other than when i yelled about watching your pokemon stream i guess i kind of straight up said it earlier but other than that i guess or if you want to talk about yeah that, yeah we don't need yeah well, we don't need to go into such things. You pulled Charizard. Um, that's the big... Was it Charizard? No, it wasn't Charizard. It was an orange bird. That's why I said Charizard. It wasn't freaking Charizard. It was Zapdos. What am I talking about? They look the same. I was wondering, like, which one are you watching? The one from months ago? or yeah, Zapdos. Because he was... Or- was he orange? <laughs> yes! Okay. Yeah, Zap- Zapdos is orange and red. Or thank red and God. Orange. I'd be like, if he wasn't at least orange, and I'm just like, well, my brain just filled in things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old the old one's yellow, and it was like dark yellow orange. You're you're in the you're in the ballpark. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> Charizard. Uh, yeah. What, what great Charizard you got with its beak and <laughs> and feathers. <laughs> I know everything about Pokemon. All right, that's Charizard, the other legendary birds, uh, Mewtwo, and uh, and Snoggle. They're great. Um, (laughs) But what else is what else been going on? Uh, So I dipped into the He-Man Origins figures a little bit. I really want one. They look so fun. Uh, well. They're nice. They're nice for their price point. Let's put it that way. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm continually going like I could really use a bicep and a thigh swivel, and like mm. sh- sh- like short of that, like they do feel really really nice. Um, I got I got it was two deluxe packs. One was He Man, who has like the battle damage spring armor thing. Yeah. 
That you know, because that was that was the one I goofed with the most as a kid. Because that's such a cool gimmick. You hit him with a sword, and a slash appears. That's awesome. Uh, it's a tiny tumbler now, so the effect is a little lost, but it's still cool. Uh, it, and, does it actually work on the on the new one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's the exact same gimmick. It, it takes a hit, it flips up. And it takes huh. another hit, flips up again. You know, except this time you get a uh, swappable head where he's just going as you do it. Oh, I saw that on one of the other ones that they were doing swappable heads. It's it's kind of yeah. cool seeing them lean in on that line a bit more. Mm-hmm. And the one, the other one was Hordak. The, the Hurricane Hordak, or is just regular? I I wish like the Hurricane Hordak. I had I had both Hordaks as a kid, but the Hurricane one was the one I that survived. No, this is like it looks more like standard Hordak. It's the Buzzsaw Hordak. Oh, sorry, yeah, Buzzsaw. Because I saw there was a gimmick one in Origins. I yeah. always mix the two up. Yeah, so yeah, you open up the chest and you push down on the uh, on the cape piece, and it fires this little Buzzsaw-shaped spindle out <laughs> of his chest. It still work. It, it works pretty good. Like you know, it gets a pretty good launch off. Hmm. But yeah, it's just a cool Hordak figure. You know, he's got the grimacing face, and then he's got this, like, you know, I am I am uh, in control of this battle, He-Man, kind of, like, smiling face. Yeah. Yeah, because they're in, they're in Canada now, thank thank goodness, but, like, I, I only really want two. I want Scareglow, and I want the WWE Fiend, and that's about it. <laughs> and those are two that I never see Ever. I, well, and I think I think Scareglow is also like one of the high demand ones that's that's limited run. I've never seen one. Damn it! I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta get it. I mean, I've always been a Hordak guy too, but like like I I I I, I like Hordak when he's vaguely modernized. Like classic Hordak always kind of bounces on me. Mm-hmm. I guess I could just get a Skeletor, but it's so rote. Everyone yes. gets Skeletor. Everyone gets Skeletor. <laughs> no, like I see the He-Man ones. They're the uh, the WWE ones amuse me. Because there's actually some clever mashups in in there. Oh yeah, the new you day, know, like the new day one is the new day one is the one I was thinking of because it's it's Manny faces, so you just switch between the three members. It's brilliant. Yeah, that that one I might pick up if I see it on sale when I can go to stores. It's at again because that that it's, that one's also kind of clicked with me. Yeah, it's that one and the Rey Mysterio as Stratos because it just looks like Rey's normal outfit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the Fiend one also is just kind of like, this just sort of looks like what the dude looks like. know. <laughs> uh, They've been a nice little nostalgia hit, though. It's cool to see that... It's cool because this is the kind of toy line that I, as, like, growing up as, you know, as a co- becoming a collector, I always thought, why not just make the old toys with better articulation? And that's literally what it is. That's what I like about it, too. Like, it, it is very... I I could accept the argument. It is a bit cynical. I'm like, no, there's a lot of other things that could do that, and I would not click with it. Origins has a very specific quality that works for me as an aesthetic of of doing that. Like it's it's like just on the cusp, but not quite cynical the way they did it. I think the wrestler ones actually help with that. That because because that's also like such a logical place to go. Like who? What do He Man characters look like? Wrestlers. So <laughs> here's some wrestlers as He-Man characters. Uh, sometime I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one up. I just I know I, I don't really care to collect them all. I just want like one or two. Um, 
And the only ones I ever see in stock around here are like Clamp Champ or something, and like, like, um, what's his name? L- little dude who looks like he's a living fart. Um, Ram Man. <laughs> uh, Origins Ram Man is like interesting, but like I don't want to spend money on him. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm still waiting. Um, anything else off topic going on, or is that uh, that's about the gist? I don't think anything like uh, particularly interesting. I grabbed up like a handful like Looney Tune Lego mini mini figs. But that's about it. Yeah, I I was. It turned out it wasn't for Lego mini figs, but a friend of mine was asking about repainting mini figs. Uh, it, it was something else, but it got it did like get my mind on the conversation of like, do people repaint Lego mini figs as customs, and is that plastic like? Does it even take paint? Because it is really... I think Seth mentioned it in the reply. Like, that plastic on minifigs for Lego is, like, really gloss. Like, does it even accept paint? Because they print on it, right? Like, they don't actually do, like, spray-offs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's printed. It's, like, off of a... Um, like, for minifig... For, I think, most Lego things, they use, like, a, a ink pad style of of thing um, yeah i know i've seen like many figures going through a factory before and seeing like it will align something and then you'll see like a it'll dab on a on a pad and then dab on the minifigure and then we'll go to the next one and dabs and then dabs like i, I would assume that a custom job would need to do a priming first because that it just seems so slick Maybe. that that finish the, the biggest the biggest thing would be like for minifigures how tight all the tolerances are that like you'd have like even two thin layers would like very rapidly like be worn out. I, I would assume that if you were custom painting a minifig like that, you're basically gluing it in place. Like you're not mm-hmm. you're not making it usable as well. Um but I, I'm just wondering if anyone actually does it. If any if any listeners out there have any any hot links or something that's like, yo, here's a minifig painter, like like drop it in. Um, my, my own off topic, I'm just gonna talk about two things I got, which are, uh, part of the ongoing, um, the year-long now habit of tabletop solo gaming. I got one really cool game that I, I read about when I saw it come in stock at 401 Games and begin plummeting in stock immediately. I spent an hour doing very rushed research. It's called Imperium Classics and Imperium Legends. It's technically two games that are identical, but all the cards are different, so they're mixable. Each one you get, uh, it, it's it's a, sort of a deck builder, so, you know, tying into the deck building game in a way. It's a bit of a deck builder civilization game. Each each box comes with eight civilizations that are playable. Each civilization also has, like, their, their unique play styles, and they, they each have a unique AI bot uh, flowchart for how they, they play when, when you're just on your own playing against one, how they use their cards. And then there's a common deck, and each box has a different common deck of, of stuff. And it's a, it's a really fun game. Um, the, the, which is a little complicated. The rule book is a bit of a wall of text. The rule book doesn't really welcome you in. Like you, you kind of need to watch a demo of it to, or, or or play through as you read to kind of catch everything. But I, I quite enjoy it. I've only played with the Romans and the Macedonians so far, which are like the two one star difficulty out of five civilizations. Uh, I played like basically as each one against the other one a couple times, and uh, I already see like neat differences. And like I know that like on the top level out of the Legends box, you've got like the Arthurians who like never become an empire, but they they have Grail quests. And there's the Utopians who have no conflict, but they're just trying to reach Shangri-La by gaining enough followers and like it's, it's interesting um, I, I'd recommend looking into it if you want to look into more like like 
off the wall deck building things where the deck building isn't like the whole game. It's just the vehicle of the game. Um, and then the other day I was listening to an episode of the solo Saurus podcast and they'd mentioned this game called Australia, which sounded really cool. And then I, I looked and it was like in stock at a local store. Uh, so I picked it up, uh, and it's it's based on a Neil Gaiman book where Neil Gaiman did a story trying to one of the many authors trying to do like let's take the Lovecraftian stuff and divorce it from the really lousy parts of H.P. Lovecraft and turn it into something you know a little bit more uh, modern. And it's a neat setting. The story is about the old ones having actually taken over in the 1100s, and then in the late 1800s, uh, a resistance led by Sherlock Holmes like drives off the old ones. So Australia is set as like a, a sort of sequel to that where the surviving old one turns out instead of going to Antarctica, Cthulhu went to Australia and because the old ones didn't allow anyone to travel, Australia is entirely unexplored. So civilization is reaching it um, just in, in, you know, exploring after driving off the old ones and they're discovering that's where the old ones fled to. So it's this, it's this really fascinating game. Again, very, very soloable too. Where you're like, it's part train game, it's part resource acquisition and management game, and it's part, like, military war game, and it smooshes all those together in a way that actually works. It's really cool. Like, you're playing this map game where you're, like, area controlling, and you're laying down rail tracks, uh, collecting resources, and building your forces, and nothing's happening. And then on turn, when the time track re reaches about the, the one-third to halfway point-ish, uh, the Cthulhu wakes up and becomes another player. Uh, and then you're, you're still going towards, like, the end of the turn track, just getting the most points, but now there is the old one player who's walking around messing with your farms and uh, getting in the way of your rail tracks, and you're trying to, you know, fight back and stuff. Um, the one thing I'll mention that's kind of, like, goofy, and I found out this is kind of a common problem, is my copy is in, Eng in English, but all the player boards are in Polish. So I, I fan-subbed, you can see in the photo I shared, there's a close-up of it, I fan-subbed one of the player boards with paper and scotch tape and writing things on the paper. Um, cause I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know how easy it is to get replacements, but, uh, I wanted to play it right away cause that's, that's how I roll. Um, I, I found it was pretty fun. So, uh, it's just two fun games Imperium, Classics or Legends, and, uh, Australia, Australia with a Z in the middle. Um, it's good times. Um, they're also multiplayerable. You know, so if you if you've got folks in your in your home, they're apparently both very good at two players, and you can have more players, but they're very good at two players specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to play Australia with some folks. I'm curious because it has specific solo goal cards and specific two player only variant cards to like spice things up for only two players. So I, I want to try this with with some people, like even more than two players. This this might be a bit much to bring to a TF con, but it it's also like it runs pretty fast. So I, I don't know. Um Aaron, do do I do you even recognize me anymore? Like I the, the, we're a year into the year plus into this thing and I'm like, yeah, I was I I might be able to recognize you if if given time and flashcards. But like if I walk in and you're like, "Oh, there's Chris." And I'm like, "Hey, I got this military tabletop war game slash train game slash resource acquisition game. Quite fun to play. It's got about a million cardboard chits and three decks of cards." Like that's not who I was. A year and a half no, ago. it's not. And that's who that's I am That's why I need the flashcards. <laughs> what happened? It, it, it uh, would say Chris Vanga won us, and I'd have to, like, hold it up and be like, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that one matches, okay. Are you talking about the TCG? Like, uh, kind of, like, okay. 
All right, that's that's the connection still, I guess. Why is it? What are those chits? Why aren't there miniatures? I'm like, well, you don't really need miniatures. I have opinions on miniatures and board games now. Anyway, thank you all for listening to our podcast. Uh, stay tuned for more, as always. And uh, I say this all the time, but I think it's important once again. Please stay safe. Don't get cocky. Pandemic's not over. So take care of yourself. Uh, be careful this summer. Because uh, I think this summer is going to be incredibly key. This is this is a very important summer for all of us to take care of ourselves so that we have um, more summers to look forward to in a happy way. Uh, and hey, I'm Hype. I'm getting my second shot in like three days. Took me a second. Took me a second. Um, so two months before you've heard this podcast. That's right. Uh... But until then, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Net, net, net.